Visit Arcade Club in Bury, Greater Manchester, the largest gaming venue in Europe. Set on two floors featuring over 250 original arcade machines, from Space Invaders right up to the latest Japanese rhythm games. There's also pinball machines, retro modern consoles, top-end PCs and VR stations. For just £10 entry or £15 for both floors, you can stay as long as you like and everything is set to free play. It's open Thursdays to Sundays with free parking, two licensed bars, two kitchens and fair prices. And there's no need to book, just turn up for an awesome day out. Right, return of the idiots. We are all gussied up and ready to go. How are you, Sean? Hey, Evie! Hello! Let me give you one of these while I'm here. We're back with a vengeance, 2018. It is the new year. Yay. How do you like our swanky new intro? Swanky. It's like. good. Love it. Mm. How did you make that? Where was you when you did that? Or is that a silly question? Yeah, I did it using actual arcade club ambience, walking around the arcade club with me recorder. Not those audio files that you can get off the internet. Very good that they are. Off internet that I use half the time. Yeah, so that, this this is proper arcade club, one hundred percent authentic. Right, I must already apologise to the listeners. This is going to be a long one. We've been off for a while, over a month. It's going to be a long yes. one. So let's go. What have you been up to? Well, I've been up to tons and tons of normal stuff, the usual arcade clubbing and the excellent back cave. There's been. Is it one or two since your last on air? One, I think. But that was a really good night. Yep. And I've also guess what I've also done. Yeah. You can guess you've read it. I am, well, I was guesting on the Retro Asylum Christmas special, a five-minute piece about my Christmas memories. So that that was obviously me talking um, for five minutes. I just put one word. Traitor. Traitor? Yes. Or guest him at guest face. All all podcasts are our friends. They are. Uh, I'm halfway through listening to that at work. Uh, I haven't got to your bit yet. I'll just skip over that. (laughs) <laughs> well i've also been thinking back to my favorite feature 10 pence game played last year 2017 and i would say my absolute favorite of last year i think we've played 24 games i think yeah. the favorite is juno first okay followed good, good, game, by, good game. <laughs> followed by juno second no oh. followed by centipede that is also I, a great game i can honestly say i'll play them for the rest of my life, those two games, they're just going to stick with me like some some gluey substance. Some gloopy, sticky thing. Yeah. Well, I actually responded to this with Scramble, but you informed me that was 2016 we played Scramble. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Ugh. Cripes. Um, so what games in 2017 did I like? I can't remember. You know, We've done so many now. I can't yeah. really think back. But Juno First and Centipede... Obviously, like Centipede, because I went and bought a machine, which I've been after for a long time, a MIDI machine. And I still play it now and again. I'm, I'm absolutely terrible at it. I can't even hit 50,000. Dr. Micro, you liked? No, I did not. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Road, did not like that game. Road Fighters, was that last year? Mm, that was awful. That was that was many moons ago, and I've, I've destroyed that moon. That moon was <laughs> gone. I can't remember, but we've played some good ones. And the two we were playing over the Christmas period, I quite liked as well. But a bit mixed reviews on that. Mm. On those yeah, two. So this time, this podcast, we were reviewing two games because we left the listeners over a month. We're in a period off of the Christmas period and most of January. 
yeah, so we're going to be reviewing them at the end of the co- uh, the podcast. Uh, so, loads of stuff I've been doing. Actually, I'll probably miss a load of it. If I do and miss people out, sorry about that. But, you know, it's been a long time. And I've been trying to do me notes vigilantly. So Rob mm. Llewellyn came round uh, to pick up some carbide milling cutters because he's got a little CNC machine for doing wood stuff. Yeah. He's a bit, bit of a maker, that guy. Uh, these are some old cutters I had from work. They're still good for wood because we use them on metals, you see. And when they get a bit blunt, they're still fine on the softer stuff like plastics and things. And he was very interested in my cabaret-style size machines because I don't think he's got a lot of room at home. But he's building mm. himself a little games room and he wants to sort of make machines because he made himself and Chris CMP Donkey Kong repro cabs and they're really nice. He did a really nice job of them. Top right. notch. So he's going to do some stuff for that. Uh, good man. He also prompted a new section my wife wants to introduce to our podcast. Yes. And this is uh, WAF's Listener Visitor Rankings. Uh, she, <laughs> put, she put Rob right at number one spot already because he brought around a half-decent bottle of red wine for me, for me, mm-hmm. not knowing yeah. I don't drink red wine. But WAF uh, quickly hoovered that up, and now Rob is uh, listener number one already. Did she, did she come to this conclusion after drinking the bottle of wine? Uh, I think it was while accepting and running away with the wine. Right. Yes, yeah, so that's a good one. Very nice. I also, this is quite big news actually, this was on the 6th of January, I went on an arcade raid. Where? Somewhere the west of the UK. I'm not saying where it is just yet because we are going to go back there. I'll give us uh, a clue. It's still a governmentally top secret location. Area 51? It's, yes. Wow. It's Area 53. It's the <laughs> west of the UK, put it that way. I went with Ol Moazesi. Thank you, Ol, for organising this. It was all his idea. And Tony, the arcade blogger, Temple. Nice. There was only three of us turned up, actually, because it was quite a way for some of the people who were supposed to come. Uh, and Alex was going to go as well, but he couldn't make it. So it was always a pleasure hanging out with those guys. We had a reet laugh there. We're messing about a lot and discovering loads of arcade stuff. A pinball machine we found covered in junk. It was actually underneath lots of other stuff. A whole pinball machine, an old one. Mm. loads of interesting PCBs we hoovered up uh, there was some nudie girly posters from 1984 because it had the actual date on there it was they were stuck on the wall god uh, funnily enough they were all posing playing wind instruments that's that's how you did your nudie girls in 84 isn't it they were yes yes in, interesting and slightly dodgy <laughs> there weren't actually many arcade machines worth bothering about there um, because I think the previous raid had been done before by all and some other people about three or four years before. I think they yeah. took the machines back then. There were Star Wars cockpits and all sorts of treasure, basically, there. But I brought back a few 14-inch monitors, loads of PCBs. I brought a ton of PCBs back with me. Uh, and the 14-inch monitors were placed in some of the poorer displays in my ISIS cabs, just mainly the tubes. I, don't think the, I haven't had a chance to test the monitors yet, but... I doubt they'll work. So not a lot of stuff worked. It was quite badly stored, a lot of the gear there. I think it was yeah. taken out of the machines in the first place because they weren't working. Uh, a few other knickknacks were taken too. Uh, I'm going to do a, full, a small feature probably the next time we record on the raid with some raid yeah. hints. If you ever go on a raid, there's some little hints I've got and procedures for doing things. Because I sort of worked out a few things while I was there to do for next time, if you know what I mean. Mm, right, oh yeah. A lot of fun, though. A hell of a lot of fun. Because the night before, I thought, oh, God, it's it's like four hours there and four hours back in the car on my own. And I thought to myself, oh, is there going to be anything I want there? Oh, do I really want to go? I could you know, sack it off. I am so glad I went because it was a good laugh. 
It really was yeah. fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Oh, good. I've been playing a lot of a game on the Nintendo Switch called Shantae, Half Genie Hero. That's it's a, a weird really thing. cool 2D platformer. It's so well done. I've actually completed it 100%. There was a couple of nights over the Christmas period holidays where I was up till 4 o'clock in the morning playing it. Yeah. I haven't done that with a game for a long, long time. I really enjoyed it. I completed it 100%. I got every single item, did every single bit really good. And I've actually, first time ever, I've bought DLC for the game. Because you pay about the same price again. It was about £10. More than a lot of money at all. You pay the same again, and you can download the whole game again, but a remixed version. You play with different characters. Because with Shantae, you, you, you gain abilities. You do a dance, because you're a sort of genie. And you can morph into other characters so you'll morph into a crab for instance which can swim places and you'll morph into like a bat which can fly and stuff like that there's loads of different ones and with this one you actually play her three friends in the game and they've got different abilities you swap between the three friends and you're trying to rescue the genie because a part in the original game where something happens and this sort of takes on from there it's such a good game if you like 2d platformers that are really pretty go and get shantae so good it's on different formats. It's on PS4, it's on Steam. I think it's on Xbox One as well. All the modern stuff. Right. Really nice little game. Really like. I got Rob Llewellyn onto it, actually, and he loves it already. Nice Other stuff you've been up to? Well, I had an awesome time with the 10 pences in the UK Vackers at RK Club. That was on, on the, the s- same day as the raid. That's the only reason I didn't yeah. go. I'm really missed it. 6th of January. And that was when Tagster was over from Australia. Yeah, I wanted to meet Tagster, but just couldn't because this raid came up. There was loads of people. It was a really good day. That was awesome. Oh, don't rub it in. And I have still been playing around with my Pi to Jammer software in my cab in my Lord's Vale. Is this and with I've, the the hardware? Yeah. No, just the software. I've, been, I've put a new version of the software on called Regain Box, I think it's called. Recall Box? No, there's two. There's Recall Box, there's Ooh. Regain Box, I never and heard then of there's this. the standard. And it runs a lot better. It seems to find the resolutions of the games and the, and the refresh rates of the games a lot better. There's there's not much mess. Well, I haven't messed with any settings. Is this a Linux before- PC or a Pi? It's a Pi. Oh wow! Yeah. So why did I the, not know about this? So the the vertical games there's a slight kind of bubbling effect on the advanced main but you switch yeah. over to final burn alpha and they play a lot better oh so i'm i'm playing verticals on final burn alpha and horizontals on advanced main and it does seem a lot better than the previous distributions have done so i'm well well nice. happy with that i recently also finished off another jpack to pi pi to jpack we called it in the end that jammer thingy we were doing before Oh, she's little, done two now. I've got two. I've got one for vertical, which runs really nicely, and one for horizontal. The one for horizontal, I'm using a really, really old JPEG I had. It was a PS2 yeah. version rather than a USB one. And for some reason, the games work really nice. Horizontal games are really good. And I'm playing it on a pony, because that's uh, one of the only machines I've got that's horizontal. And this, the screen is a little bit blurred, a little bit. But on mm. certain games, it isn't. So I, I think I'm not sure if there's a setting I can change. I haven't really messed with it so far. But the thing is... On the old JPAC, for some reason, when you press 1 and 2 together, which is escape in MAME, to get out of a game, it's not working. It's like the, the, the number one button, which is your one-player start, is a shift key with a JPAC. Yeah. So if you play press that and down, it's the same as pressing P, pause. And if you press that and I think right, it's the same as tab, and then 1 and 2 together is the same as escape. 
Mm. For some reason, it's not working. I'm not sure why, because it's a really, really old version JPAC. And I think it might right. be messed with. It's it's one that one of the inputs wasn't working, and I swapped the inputs around to an, uh, an adjacent key that wasn't used. So right. it might be something to do with it. I might have to get a new JPAC, really, but it's a small price to pay. Because they work really nice. The, the games work really nice. I was playing Bosconian on it earlier. Couldn't tell the difference between that and the PCB. And the PCB was in that machine just before I swapped it over. Do you put in advanced MAME on it? Is that what you use? I've always or... used advanced MAME, yeah. I've, I've yeah. not used anything else. I've always used advanced MAME. And, yeah, and the think... particular ROMs that go with advanced MAME, I think they're versions 106. Yeah. Yeah, they advanced MAME and Final Burn Alpha do seem the best gate, um, what do you call it, best ROMs yes. for the Raspberry Pi, don't they? It just seem to work best. I've not used FBA, but I'll have to have a look at it if you, if you think it is. I, I'm not sure what version of ROMs I use, but I'll have to sort of download them if I need to. But I only use the games I want to play. There's only about 50 or, 50 or 60 games on there, I think. There's not many yeah. on there. And I'll just add them to them when I want to play them, if you know what I mean. I don't want thousands of games on there because that is a pain. Because you, you spend more time messing around, getting the right ROMs, getting them working, you know, that sort of thing, rather than just playing the game. So I just want to get the games on there I want. So I might yeah. just get a new JPAC for that, I think. Mm. Well, I had a problem with my gaming PC. The motherboard died. After, after a bit of messing around, I, I bought a new hard drive thinking it was that. Yeah. But it is the motherboard because the Ethernet's playing up and there's all sorts of weird errors. So... Our lovely friend Chunksin may have another motherboard because he's the one that gifted me this PC. Oh, lovely! And I've been looking around, and it's a straight—it's a small form factor Dell PC, and it's not a normal size motherboard. Oh, so it's not an ATX standard size. Yeah, so, <laughs> they've done some bespoke something or other. So I, I just said to him, if you, if you haven't got anything, I'll strip all the parts off this. I'll get an old PC and put like the you know, the RAM and the CPU and everything back in it. Yeah. But PCs are a pain in the backside, aren't they? Yeah. But this is running Linux, so it's not too bad. Yeah. When, when yeah. computers are great when they're working, I've always said that. Mm. And as soon as you got to start getting little errors with stuff and software, they're just a pain in the backside, really are. Yeah, it's just started getting weirder and weirder errors. So I thought, oh, it could be the RAM, it could be the, you know, the hard drive, but eventually I think it is the motherboard. It's pooped. Talking of rich chunks, then, should we just get one of these out for him right now? Resonant Ping for 2018. Talking of him, yeah, he was... should be coming around to see me in the next few weeks because he is now a software dev for RPCade, which is the oh, hardware. Um, and he's been sent an RPCade hardware board, which you just plug a, uh, a Pi into, plug it straight in your arcade machine, and it works. All the resolutions are sorted out, everything. And he's going to come round, and we're going to do a review of it for the podcast, for probably the next one, or maybe the next one after, I don't know. So he's going to come round, and he's got a PC. He did a Linux PC for, for me as well. You know, he did you one. He did yes, me one as well. One, I think, yeah. So same I can't one. wait to play that. It'll be a lot better than the main version I've got on my, my Naomi cab, because for some reason, the graphics go weird on it. When you've been playing it for a while, you get like these green splodges all over the screen. And after a little while, they go away again. I think there's a problem with either the drivers for the graphics card or the actual PC, but I'm just, I've had enough of it now. I want it, just want it working. Could be your eyesight. No, it's not. Because oh, okay. I was playing like, some games, I was getting really good scores, and all of a sudden the screen would go green, you couldn't see anything. And I'd just have to quickly pause it, mess about with a few controls, up, down, left, right, press a few fire buttons, and then it came back about you know, 30 seconds later. It's such a pain. You do not want to be doing that on an arcade machine, because arcade machines 
don't do that. That's why <laughs> emulation annoys me because you want it to behave exactly the same as an arcade, not a PC. There's a mm. there's a world of difference between them. So yeah. yeah. So also, while I was messing around with this, I thought I would get the latest version of Main because it's up on archive.org. Okay. I've got the ROMs and not the CHDs. I've got some CHDs somewhere. So it's MAME0193. Downloaded the ROMs, 60 gig. There is 34,500. Oh, my God. So I'm using filters and stuff, and I've got rid of all the mechanical stuff. You know, like all the pinball things. There's yeah. loads of handhelds it emulates now on it's consoles it? and yeah, and computers and printers and so I've got rid of all that. I've got rid of all the mahjong. I've got rid of like the adult stuff, the casino stuff, as I call it. You know, oh, all the card games, pain. the rhythm. You know, like the beat mania things that you can't play on an arcade machine. I don't know why they're bothering emulating them half the time because they, they emulate fruit machines. Yeah. No one's going to make a main fruit machine, are they? No, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I've got it down to 3,000 ROMs that, that all work, and they're all video arcade games, not mechanical. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm well pleased with that. Nice one. And we've been up to tons here, haven't we? Loads. I've been busy on a secret project for, <gasps> Phil, for Phil at NERG. I can't say any more, but this project will be unveiled at NERG in July. I know what it is. So I spent a lot of time over Christmas working on this. Yes, I I am interested. Yes, and when we meet up, I will have a look. Yes, yes. and hey, guess what I did? What else have you been up to? I designed a poster that will be up all over Blackburn Town Centre. Oh, what for? It's a pub crawl on St Patrick's Day, and I got talking to a guy who's sort of a geezer and a boozer. Yeah, he's sort of been responsible for regenerating Blackburn. Really, him oh, and another okay. lad of. Yeah, I've done a lot of work and getting the business and the pubs back into Blackburn. There's a lot, lot more opened. Yeah. And he says, I want a poster about a, a pub crawl, so I've done it. And it should be print, reprinted on A3, be all over Blackburn. It'd be me, be me. Oh, nice one. I'm not on it. I mean, you know, no, I'm no, no, don't it. put yourself on it, for goodness sake. <laughs> Nobody wants to see your face when they want a pint of Guinness. No. Nice one. That's really cool. Mm. I want to see that picture. Cause send me a picture of it later on. I want to see what you've done. Will do. Cool. Right, New Year's resolution. Yes. Quick feature, one-off feature. Uh, what do we want to do? I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. It really bugs me when people go, eh, I'm gonna do this. if you're going to do something, just do it. You know, And there's lots of things I want to do. I want to get a bit fitter. I want to get a bit thinner. You know, I don't want to be in pain half the time because I've got loads of silly little things wrong with me. And I just want to, I think being a bit fitter would help. It's getting old, basically. I think being a bit fitter helps you out a little bit. And there's all sorts of little bits and bobs we want to do. But as this is an arcade podcast, what do we want to do arcade-wise in 2018? Go on, you go first. I'll kick it off. I want to finish my Atari Mini Reproduction Cabin theme. You know the one I was doing as a dig, Doug? Yes. Yes, it's been like a year now. I'm pathetic. I start You've done loads things... of other stuff, though. I got the actual cab together. It's a standing cab with a monitor in it, and a coin door, and that's it. It hasn't been varnished, because I was going to sort of stain it and varnish it so it looks like proper wood wood sides, because it's actually plywood, mm. and then put the tea moulding on it, put a game in it. The hardest part about it is bending up a control panel for it, because the original control panels are 1.6mm thick steel, and they're bent like one, two, three, four places. Yeah. And I haven't got a, 
a brake press anymore. I haven't got access to a brake press. In my old job about five years ago, I had a really good guy, a, a welder, who, who would do lots of um, brake press work. And he could do all sorts of stuff. I, mean, I could have had like 10 made if I wanted. But now yeah. I haven't got that. So I've got to sort of work out how I'm going to bend some material, whether it be in plastic or thin material. I can just bend it by hand and put like three layers on or something. I've just been working out how to do it. And it's, it's quite difficult getting the bends right. So I've got to work that out. And that's the hardest hump to get over. Once I've done that, the rest is easy. I can put a game in there, I can put a jammer switcher in there, controls, no problem. And what I might do is, because I'm going to keep my dig dug, I'm never going to get rid of the dig dug. I've made a big decision. I'm not getting rid of it. Because mm. I got rid of one of my prized possessions, which is the Donkey Kong June. It's gone to a really good home. But the dig dug, I love. Even though I don't play it very often, I still love it. And I want it to be there to be played whenever I want to play it. So I'm not getting rid of it. So this little Atari reproduction, which is going to go next to the centipede, look very similar to a centipede. I might do it as a Star Force machine. Yeah, nice. Because it's only one button, because the control is going to be one stick in the middle and a button either side for ambidextrous playing and one and two player start button cones, like an Atari cones. And it's a vertical game. It'd be perfect in there. And I could always swap it around. If I theme it around Star Force, like the control panel and the graphics around the outside of the bezel... And, the, and the, the front play, I can do that. And I can always put other jammer games in it, which is just one mm. one button vertical games. So there's a load of ver- vertical games with one button I like. So I'm thinking of that, but I might change my mind. But it's going to be a machine that looks like a dedicated machine. It's, it was never made in mini size. So I'll sort of theme it as a mini machine. Brilliant. So I'm really looking forward to doing that. I just need to get my finger out and do it. And as I'm trying to mo- sell this house and move... To a place we've got our eye on, we've put an offer in, which we really like. I'd have more room to do it there. So it might move into the new place with me and do it that way. I don't know. But that's one thing I want to do arcade-wise. The Pi Boy Zero I want to do. I've been collecting parts to make um, a a Zero into a Game Boy case. So they have these colour LCDs and you put like you know pie cades on it and stuff. You can play snares and Game Boy and stuff. And I want to do one of those. I've got lots of parts for it. I'm trying trying to slowly get all the parts together before I actually start making it. I don't want to sort of make bits of it and wait for other bits in. I'm waiting for I've got a nice box with all the bits in. And there's loads of guides on the internet. I do it and it's gonna be really nice. But I'm just I'm taking my time with it, just collecting all the parts every now and again and not starting it. So if I don't start it, it's not gonna be half made. It's not even been started yet. Right. That's my idea. The other one is to finish all my sub-electro ISIS cabs and theme them as different different games. Because one of them's got uh, Scramble in it, and it's going to have another really cool thing, which we'll get onto in the arcade news, another board that's Mm -hmm. to do with Konami uh, Stern games. And I'll theme that as just like a Scramble machine. One of them I'm going to do as a Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. Space Fever. It'll be like a Nintendo-themed machine. Yeah, and the other one I want to do is a Cubert dedicated. But oh, I'm have to right. wait, and also maybe do one as a Berserk. Brilliant, that'd yeah. be quite nice. Because I play a lot of Berserk. I do like Berserk a lot, uh, and also get rid of all the PCBs I don't want or don't work. Either get them fixed or sell sell them for cheap to someone who can fix them and, and enjoy them, or just you know get the ones in tubs that I want to keep and get rid of all because I've got loads now because of the arcade raid. I've got tons of PCBs that don't work. Some of them might be easy fixes. There must be, I think I must have brought 50 home with me. God. If not more, I don't know. There's quite a lot. It's too many to count, actually. But I'll, I'll probably do a count up and, 
and try and log what I've got. There's loads of stuff brought back from that, that raid, and not many of them worked. Eighty percent, no, ninety percent didn't work. But God. they might be fixable, and, and not by me. I'm not good enough to fix them. I'm not sort of into that kind of thing. But a few little things I've had a look at, and the um, the other ones were I got some major title PCBs, a golf game, the rubbish Iron Golf game. Yeah, but they're really worth worthwhile getting because they can be transformed into R types and R type twos. And I'm learning that R-Type is a brilliant game. Mm. Mm. Nice. So, yeah, they're, they're sort of things I want to do this year and, and obviously move to a newer home and stuff and make a nice game room. Really, really envious of Alex's lovely game room he's got now. He's moved house. He's got a really nice house and he's got a lovely game room. And I, I want two. one. I want, two he's got two. Rooms. Yeah, he's got like a console room and an arcade room. Yeah. And I want something like that. He's done a really, really nice job of it. It does look good. Like he Massive. said, it just needs a bit of artwork going up around the place, and yeah. then it'd be perfect. Massive perfect. fair play to him. He's got a really nice setup there now. I really like it. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't be envious. I'll just go around there and play it with him. Just yeah. knocking his door. I've come to play Donkey Kong. Let me in. It's yeah. very good. So how about you? Anything on your agenda? New cabs? Stuff? My, I've had a massive long think about these New Year's resolutions. Yes. And I've just... Actually, two minute think i've put here play smarter play smarter play and i can understand with you smarter i'm stumbling on <laughs> when we've talked about these two featured games i will explain it what i'm thinking of mm, okay interesting intriguing yes right then let's get into a proper section arcade news go Right, I think we have mentioned this on the Top 50 podcast, but there is a new Donkey Kong World record by Robbie Lakeman. What 1,230,100. It's amazing. It really is how far people are continuing to push that game. It's got to be getting near the perfect score, that. It is. Um, I used to be on the Donkey Kong forum years ago, and I used to play a lot of Donkey Kong. I was trying to sort of get good at it. Um, there's a Donkey Kong forum, which is real worthwhile looking at if you're interested in Donkey Kong and then having to play it properly and Donkey Kong Jr. Um, and they reckon that people have been into the code and you can't exactly work out what the score is, but you can average a mean average of it because some of the, the barrels are random and some of the scores, when you when you hit the barrels, you get random scores. So they've worked mm. out it's, it's about 1.2 million-ish. And that's yeah. pushing 1.2 million. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's got to be very... I think it'd be a real random act if someone gets even like 100 points more than that now. But you never know. Monaco GP and uh, Monaco GP Pro is now on FPGA boards. They've reproduced them. Great little games, from what I remember from 20 years ago. Yeah, really nice. This was one of the ones they had in the chip shop when I was a kid. I remember that mm-hmm. and Turbo being the nice racing games. Um, and the hardware on that is really flaky. It's really odd. I think it's a, it's a cage of five little PCBs together. So when they break down, you've got to have five PCBs on your bench all joined up somehow to go through them. And it's five times as much looking around to find the problems. But now, it's TTL, isn't it? It's TTL. Yeah, it's TTL. But someone has done this. And I think all the on a Monaco GP, it's like Turbo. It's got LED displays as well. Yeah. Like on Gorf. And this is all catered for in the FPGA. That's brilliant. So if you've got a Monaco GP and you've got no one to fix it or it keeps breaking down, that's your baby. Well, James Retro Games Party has a sit-down, and last night I saw at his lock-up, he's also now got a cabaret, Monaco GP. He's just waiting. He says he's waiting for the boards to come out. 
So yeah, the, the I really like the MIDI version. That was the one they had in the chip shop because the chip shop was only a little place, and they had little mm. machines in it normally. That's where I saw my first sub electro ISIS cab, and that's what they had in there. Lovely little machine. Obviously, it wasn't did, so much so small when I was a kid. It was quite big. Did they have little chips or big chunky chips? Oh, big chunky chips. Ooh, I've had some big chunky chips for dinner. Proper chips. Oh yes. Here is another awesome arcade-like game from the guy who did Golden Hornet on the Williams Facebook page. Yep. You have to, I'll put a link in the, the no-shows. You've got to have a look at this. It's like... Don't say that to me. I've already looked, son. Robotron meets Space Dungeon, something like that. It's, it's... it's called Frantic Dimension. You ham-faced trumpet. Well, you know, a little while ago, we did a little feature on... I can't remember the name of the games now. It was a Spanish guy who remade loads of games. He did like a Galaxian kind of clone and stuff, and they actually put one in a cab in the end. I can't remember his name now. Locomolito, is Locomolito, that one? that's right. Yeah. He did some... Really, and this guy is very similar in his style. He does these, he mm. redoes these games, and they're really, really cool. And I need to download them. I think they're free downloads, aren't they? I don't know, actually. I need to get these on a PC and then into a cab via, you know, like an emulation cab. I really want to play them. They look really cool. They're really nice games. It kind of looks like Jeff Minter got hold of uh, Robotron again. Uh, it looks awesome. I'm really happy about that. It's, it it's really good. nice that these modern people are still doing these older games, old style games. They're really cool. Keep it going. Yeah, yeah. And there's even more of these little mini arcade games incoming. It's a bit of a craze, these little tiny, like, They're really in fashion, aren't they? Yeah. And these ones are from Bandai Namco. So we have... Official. Yeah, we have a little Galaga, a Dig Dug, and a Pac-Man. And they look really cool with those side art. And they've even got the correct shaped cabs as well, haven't they? Little mini... Yep. The only thing that's different about them is that a lot of the games are vertical orientated in the arcade, but they've used just a normal horizontal screen, 4.3 screen. Yeah. But they look really nice. I quite like them. I like the little games. And I like that really tiny little sort of four-inch Pac-Man I've got. Uh, but do they have to keep using the NES versions? I'm presuming it's because they they can get the whole NES and the game on a little tiny chip inside yeah. the machine. Because they, they can do a NES on a chip, a single chip, which is like about five mil square and they just put a resin around it so you can't get into it i think that's why they do it but the nes versions are not bad they're quite playable mm. right yeah cool what about this right? oh this is an awesome thing <laughs> this not. was sent to us by mr k-man sweden someone was selling on the arcade otaku site a box a yep. box a with no pcb box. in it with the words eating and rising on it, so it obviously had one of those classic games in from them yep. for 350 euros. For so let me iterate this for a cardboard box. Do you reckon he sold it? <laughs> I hope not. I really hope not because that is taking the Michael, is it not? It's insane, isn't it? Yes. Looks like Sega are reviving an oldish classic IP, House of the Dead. Yes. A new House ha- of the Dead coming out. House of the Dead, Scarlet Dawn. I don't care. Oh, I like House of the Dead. Ugh, gun games. They're Meh. gruesome. They're gruesome, aren't Not they? Not for me. They're, they're all very similar, I think, but they're quite, there's quite a following for them, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, fair enough. So, Sega are still going modern Sega. And also, some UK vacas. Alex, Ol, Roger, who else went? 
Tony, I think, maybe. Lots of people, not me, like to work. Went to EAG, the big trade show in London, which is modern stuff. Yep. But they had a good game on well, a few races and a few shooters. All modern stuff, but some of it's still quite interesting. Yep. So there's a video in the North Shorts. Have a look at that, kids. I went last year. It was quite fun. Um, the yep. games weren't brilliant, to be honest with you. There's some nice mm. pinballs there Some new uh, from the, the Cardiff pinball people. Highway pinball. UP brain. Uh, and yeah, and the, the, this year, though, the one I wanted to see which I would have liked to see. The only thing I wanted to see there was the, the physical Pong that's run on yes. sort of motors and magnets. It's actually got bricks moving around in it and stuff. It looks really cool. Alex was playing it. I saw in the video. So that would be a nice game to get. I was offered one of them for quite a good price before they actually got the backing from Atari, and I didn't get it. I wish I had, because they're a lot more money now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I know, I know what you, you could have paid there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, has everyone with a Vectrex, bought Vector Patrol yet? If not, why not? Mm. I have. I'm waiting for it to come. Hopefully I've Monday seen, it'll, it'll turn up. I've seen a bit of gameplay from Chris CMP. It looks amazing. It sounds amazing. And the and the, is it Christoph Tutz, as he called? Yes. Like with the Time Pilot one he did, he's added stuff to it. It's like there's a cowboy mode. and oh, It's just fantastic. Do you know it what? Christoph has taken ages and ages and ages to bring it out. He's had some personal issues and... I don't mind because it's going to be worth it. His games are really, really good. And he's taken a long time bringing it out because I think he's been perfecting it. And it's mm. going to be so good. I've seen he's like made extra levels for it and stuff and different graphics. It's, it's so good. I cannot wait to play it. I'm, hopefully mine will be here this week. I'm really looking forward to it. He said it's been sent, so I'm, I'm waiting for it now. Excellent. A review pending. I will be reviewing it on this podcast. Nice. Oh, there's a new talking of new software. There's a new Spectrum version of Joust. Yeah, it's called Roust. Roust, and it's by oh, uh, ooh, what was it called? I can't remember the name of it now. I'll put some notes in the in the in the show notes. Uh, Itch.io, and it's the same guy who did Terrapins for the for the Spectrum, which is one of my favourite games. Turtles yeah. did that version, which I actually bought. I actually paid for it for some homebrew because he deserves to be looked after. I'm going to buy Roust as well, I expect. I'm playing with Spectrum. Oh, this is a good one. 2.50 US dollars. Yeah, that is nothing. You can actually give more if you like. So, uh, yeah, be generous for his version of Roust. Hmm. This is a good one. This is one I have some input on. Phil Murray. Let's give him one of these. Yeah, he needs it. Phil Murray has now released his hardware and software mod for Super Cobra and possibly modified Scramble PCBs, and it enables them to play multi-Scramble hardware games. He's launched it with four games at the moment. You can play Turtles, which is probably my influence, Amadar, Scramble, and Super Cobra on the same board, just with a menu. And he's going to add more games to it as he works out the software and the hardware settings for them. I should be getting my kit very soon. Hopefully Phil's going to come and visit me in the week because he works fairly close to me and it's on his way home. I cannot wait. I really cannot wait. I've been whining on at Phil, poor Phil, for <laughs> years, literally years, about making a multi-scramble. He's actually done it and perfected it and it all works. Brilliant. I cannot wait to be playing this. I've got a perfect condition working Super Cobra PCB waiting for this to be put on it cannot wait the last bit of news last bit of news coleco 
the original Connecticut leather company, Coleco, (laughs) are bringing out some new mini arcades. It's this thing again with mini arcades, reminiscent of the original ones. You know the sort of tall ones that you look at the arcade cabs? They did a Galaxian, a Pac-Man, Frogger, Amadar, they did loads of them. And uh, no known dates have been announced just yet, or what games they will be, but they have up-to-date hardware, apparently. New high-res LCD color screens, uh, better controls, and USB-charged lithium batteries. So no putting four C cells in there, whatever you used to do years ago. It's going to be all sort of uh, rechargeable. They'd be quite good, I reckon. I like those little things. They're quite playable as well. I never had one as a kid, though. I think they were quite expensive when I was a kid. Yeah. I bet you had one. Your dad used to sell them, didn't he? Oh, them the little VFD things, that yes. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I I had loads of them. I used to love them. I they did a Green lucky. Frogger one, which is really nice. It's exactly the same game as my Gacken version, but it was um, Tommy. Uh, sorry, Coleco did it. It's exactly the same game, just licensed. I think. I don't remember seeing any of them. I'm not sure. They're nice games. I might, if I saw a picture, I might recognise them. Right, we've talked about all the awesome stuff that's coming out. Have we bought any of it? Arcade pickups. Right, I haven't got these yet, so I've bought three arcade stools. You know the, the Japanese-style double stools you sit in front of yeah. a candy cab? I've bought three of them, because I've got three candy cabs mm. off of Ol. Uh, this is uh, from the container of candy cabs he bought. I think a lot of them have been sold now. Talking of candy cabs, I have bought an, a candy cab off of him, waiting for Martin to deliver it now. It's an OK Baby candy cab, and apparently it's so yellowed it looks like a Murray Mint. Well, that's a feature. It's a feature. We're not worried about that. Uh, mm. It should be here fairly soon. Hopefully, I think Martin's picked it up. Uh, it's just when Martin comes down this way, he'll deliver it to me. So everything's paid and ready for. And I've got a friend in mind who might like the cabinet. Yeah. Depending on how what it looks like and what I can do with it. Uh, yeah, I haven't even seen it yet. Not, I have no idea if it works or not. I've got no idea. The amount of money I paid for it, I don't care. I'm just looking forward to working on it and getting it going. Mm, excellent. And then maybe someone would like it. I don't yes. know. He'll have to have his arm twisted, maybe. Yes. Uh, we talked about the tiny arcade Pac-Man already, didn't we? Brian yes. Hambo got for me. Uh, also, for Christmas, my lovely wife got Doom for the Nintendo Switch. And I sent it back because... I hate modern third-person shooters, and that's what it is nowadays. It's the modern third-person. Really, really difficult. Really hard to control with a controller. I just can't get round of looking and shooting at the same time. Because when I played these games, the original Doom and Doom 2 and Quake, which I really enjoyed, I played them on a keyboard and mouse. That just seems the natural way of playing a game like that. Yeah. You, know, you yeah, sort of move you with the, the cursor keys and you know, your shots and stuff, and then you use the mouse button to shoot and the mouse to look around and move around. But with a controller, it's too much going on, and the game's quite difficult anyway. I just could not get on with it, so I sent it back. Be gone. Yeah, not, not for everyone. It, I know it gets a great review, the new Doom, well, newish Doom, because it's a, it harkens back to the original Doom, you know, where it's just still mega violence. It's and... ten times harder, though, mate. It looks really nice. It looks quite a good little game, but it's more sort of a tactical thing rather than just a shooting zombie monster things like it was in the original Doom. And it's just oh. too difficult, because there's... There's not like a, on the original Doom, you basically pointed your gun in the direction and it shot monsters. But this thing, mm. there's no aim sort of help on it, not like an auto aim kind of thing. And because it's 3D, you're sort of looking up and down at the same time. With the original Doom, you didn't really do that. 
No. So, yeah, it's, yeah, I didn't like it. But what I did is I sent it back, and I got a game called Lumo instead, which is like a 3D isometric adventure, like an old Spectrum game, like like Nightshade and Head of the Heels and you know, that yeah. sort of thing. And it looked pretty good. Um, and I started playing it. And because you can't turn the camera around, because you have like a 30-degree ISO view, you can't see where you're jumping. There's lots of jumping on, on platforms and stuff. Sent it back. <laughs> couldn't get on with it. I just couldn't. It really annoyed me. I was like rage quitting at the TV, and I don't want that. I want, with the Switch, it's a nice, relaxing, fun play. Like Shantae gave me hours and hours of, of fun for the money it was paid for, and Lumo would not give me that fun. It looks really good, and if they sort of make it so you can move the camera and so you can see where you're jumping, it's be a brilliant game, but it just didn't, I just couldn't do it. So I've sent it back, and I haven't bought another game yet. I will buy another one. I'll have a look on the, the Switch store and see what's for sale, but yeah, I haven't bought one yet. Right. Uh, as we spoke about a little earlier, tons of knackered arcade PCBs from the raid. And as I said, I've got four major titles which are going to get turned into either R-Type 1s or R-Type 2s. R-Type 1 involves a little bit more work and R-Type 2 is quite an easy thing to do, but you've still got to snip out from each PCB. You've got to snip out eight 32-pin chips. Oof. And then pull the, the... You've got to unsold... You'll snip them out, unsolder them all, and suck all the solder out of the holes and then re-solder in eight new sockets on each PCB. Wow. So there's a lot of work involved. It's actually quite relaxing, but it does take a long time. I sort of sit there with a the light on over me at night and just get on with it. And I've done one, which is in a cab of mine at the moment, and it's a really good little game. I really enjoy it. It works perfectly. Our Type 2 board I did has got a problem where it's pulling down all the time. I think the board was actually slightly faulty before I did the the conversion on the golf yeah. game. It wasn't working. So I've got to try and fix that. But Our Type 2 looks a really nice game as well. I've had a sort of go on MAME on it, only a quick go. It looks really nice. But I'll take one I'm quite getting into. Hmm. Mm, nice, nice, very good. Uh, some of the PCBs as well, they're not worth saving. They're just rubbish old games. And I've stripped yeah. them for like EPROMs and, and PAL chips and GAL chips and bits and bobs and processors and whatever socketed I've ripped off them, basically. Yeah. Uh, I've got a 14-inch Hanterax monitor from the RAID, which I haven't even tried yet. I haven't had time to try it. I've been so busy. Uh, two electrical and MIDI control panels from the raid. They were just lying mm. on the floor, so they looked nice condition. I thought I'd have them because I might get one of the MIDIs from that raid. There was two available. I might buy one, and yeah. one of them have had Vulture, uh, One of them had Vulcan Venture in it, Gradius Two, ah. which is nice. So yeah, I might get that in the future. I don't know yet. I'm not sure, but I'll have a. a it's a single player panel where you got like buttons either side and, and stick in the middle. Yeah. So they're they're nice little control panels. They're quite. You, know, you usually get the two-player ones. I've got one of those, two of those. Uh, another dual jammer PCB. You know those little PCBs that let you play two games in one cabinet just with a flick of a switch? Yeah. I've got another one of those because there was 20% off over the festive period on everything on eBay. So it'd be right. rude not to, and these, these double the joy of a jammer cab. How much are them things? They're about 30-odd pounds, 35 pounds. It's not bad, is it, for two yeah, games in one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good little thing. Um, the one I fitted with the one I've got now, uh, there's a little bit. You need a little bit of common sense to fit it because you've got to power it from the the cab as well. Like put the five volts and ground to it, and it was a bit of a mess around. But I worked out how to do it quite easily. And then because there's no instructions and things like that, you sort of need to have a little bit of know how to do it. Right. And I I can do it. So 
Mm. It can't be that difficult. So you must have got some stuff over Christmas, apart from slippers and chocolates and stuff. I, yeah, all that stuff. And Did you get money. a carrier bag full of um, Terry's chocolate oranges again? No, I don't think I've got any Terry's chocolate oranges. Oh, that's a rubbish Christmas. Christmas is ruined. Do you know there's a soap you can get that is Terry's yeah, hand, hand soap that is chocolate orange smelling. And it's at work, and I am trying my hardest not, not to just to down it. it. <laughs> not to just down the soap. Oh, what are you doing? I can't stop. Anyway, I've got a cab, Vic. Oh, I've bought a cab. No why? Gifted a cab. Yes. It's to be fair. It's got an LCD in it. But, oh. And it's got a two hundred and forty and one board in it. Oh, okay. And it's six inches high. Look, there it is. <laughs> Look how small it is. There's a little QD. I'll switch it on. And then you've got two hundred and forty games you can pick. Ooh, that's tinny. And tiny. It's football. Football. Just scored. That's, anyway. that's one of those PCBs I strip for parts of football game. Rubbish. So what it is, it's just called Mini Arcade Machine. I can't find much information about it on the internet. But they're 16-bit games and they're original games. 16-bit ones? What, like SNES games? Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely 16 not 8-bit. Yeah. And there's versions. There's good versions, actually, of things like Bump and Jump, Road Fighter, Gallagher, Point Blank, loads of the aiming oh. games. There's a one-button version of Defender. Oh, Ob- okay. Obvious copies, you know, really obvious. Some of them, the sounds are even the same. Is it called Refender or something? Oh, Offender. Some of the names, yeah, like Gunman and Point Shoot and, like, really <laughs> sh- bad names. <laughs> yeah, some of them games are really playable, though, aren't they? Yeah, Cubert. Oh, There's right. a really good version of Cubert. 1942, Frogger, Gradius, Mario. You cool. Know, it's, yeah, I don't know. It, they're not taken from an old console, these games, so they must have been reprogrammed. Just to... for that little machine? Yeah. But all the other little lot... machines like it have probably got the same software, I expect. Yeah, there's some of the like the sports games, like the football games, are very tight, like tiny little games. You know, you're just shooting the ball at a goal and you move left and right sort yeah. of thing. But, but yeah, it's quite impressive, really, for what it is. I was quite impressed with that little Pac-Man I got, the little one that Brian Hambo mm. got, got for me. Um because I, I modded it slightly, seeing so play all four games in the in the in the the series. Because you get a Pac Man, a Ms. Pac Man, a Gallagher, and a Galaxian. But the thing yeah. is, all four machines have got exactly the same software and hardware inside, and it's just a little switch which you know makes one play Pac Man or Ms. Pac Man for the machine it's in. So what you can do is you wire up. I think I told you about this before. You wire mm. up all those little those little switches inside the jumpers to the joystick. So when you turn it on, if you hold up. It turns a certain one on. If you hold down, it turns another one on. And you can play all four games. And, so, and every now and again, I do actually pick it up and have a go of it. It's a lovely mm. little thing. It's really cool. It takes like two AAA batteries, I think. Yeah, I think this does. And the, the joystick and buttons are all right. Really. Yeah, I know. This little thing here, the actual knob on top of the joystick is five mil diameter. Yeah. And you can actually, <laughs> and it's actually a four way, it's actually got a four way gate in it. And you can actually play games quite nicely on it. I was getting like about 40,000 on Pac-Man, and I'm usually useless at Pac-Man. It's really good. Are they NES on a chip things, though? i got a feeling they are, yeah. They're very similar. Yeah. If, if not, they are. They must be. Yeah. Out else? I've got some Aussie pickups from the lovely Tagster. Who, Is there something there for me? Before you go yes, and they're up there, Vic. Can you see them? And I've not <laughs> eaten any of them yet. We've got some Tim Tams and some other weird, weird oh, goodness. We really want to try Tim Tam. And he's got you a boxing kangaroo because your love of the game kangaroo. 
<laughs> Which I've lost, <laughs> but I will find it again. Yes. And some Alan Stahl Walter Day signed cards, you know, the Australian Donkey Kong champ. Yes, excellent. I'll and my, I'll go with my collection with my ones with my silly face on you sent me. Yeah. I, I went into Kingston the other day, my local town, and I forgot to get a flipping frame for my picture. It's like an A3 kind of size, isn't it? Yeah, of, mine's of up our, on the wall of our, there. Uh, there card. Yep, yeah, I'm getting mine frames going in the uh, game room. Cannot wait to do that. And also, courtesy of Jerry Scott from Brisbane, or even Brisbane, yeah. he give Tagster to give to us some Vegemite. <laughs> yours, says, yours says Vertvik on it. It doesn't say Vegemite. It says Vertvik printed on it. And mine says In Your Face. Do you know what? Yeah. Thank you very much, Jerry Scott from Brisbane. I will not eat it, but I will keep it. It sounds awesome. I love things with our stupid faces on and themed with our podcast. I cannot eat that stuff. It's like Marmite. I just absolutely detest it. It's disgusting. I have tried it. Yeah. On, on toast. You like Marmite because you're weird. You're possessed by the devil. And I think that it. I think Marmite is better, to be honest. I think it has a strange aftertaste, and wife said the same. Yeah. There's a strange aftertaste in Vegemite. Of dog it poo. Might take a bit of getting used to, but it's nice, oh, it's nice. Woo! <laughs> so, thank you, Jerry, anyway. The, the actual sentiment is brilliant. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you, Jerry. Listener feedback. This is going to be a big section. It's going to be most of the podcast, I think. We have over a month's worth of feedback from our lovely listeners. We might have to skip a few of these because we're going to be on it for all night otherwise, aren't we? I've cut a lot of them down, but there's still a lot. Shall we dig in? Let's dig in. Here is a little recording of the front part of VIP's audio admission for Golden Axe. I left it out because it wasn't wasn't really for the top 50, but it's perfect feedback for this section and was very nice to hear. Thank you, Ben. Hi, Vic and Sean in your face, Holly. Uh, this is Vip here, and I'm doing you an audio submission for a game. But firstly, I'd like to congratulate you on getting to 100 episodes. Uh, the podcast is, is still fresh and very funny. Uh, I'd quite like the idea of just sitting uh, as a fly on the wall uh, in a room or maybe a bar listening to Sean and Vic slowly get drunk together and uh, I imagine that would be very funny indeed uh, so congratulations on, on reaching 100 episode guys uh, massive fan of the podcast that's very nice thank you and also we missed out the Tagster Outrun audio didn't we from the, en- from the end of the top 50 podcast yes sorry about that because I actually re-recorded different parts and added bits to that three times on Christmas Day to get it out because I missed <laughs> I a few things the night before and I was desperate to get it done for Christmas Day because I wanted the listeners to have something to do when their turkey was digesting. And we put it out and there was still some stuff we missed off. It was such a long record and we recorded the different parts and there was a lot of research going on, a lot of bits here and there and you had bits and I had bits. And I think things just got lost in the mix. So... If you did something for us and we didn't put it on, we're very, very sorry. But thank you anyway. It was a really good podcast. We had a lot of really nice feedback about it. So thank you. Yes. And for for me, I'm, I'm going to say apologies for missing putting some of the scores on a 10 pence high score league when we did OutZone. You idiot. 
There's one I missed and two others. Twitter threw me a curveball and I didn't see, right? Even now, if I search 10p score and then you can click the latest the latest posts on, yeah. on ten, hashtag 10p score, I still don't see the scores from Sol, mm-hmm. Chris Moon, Cresta Bootleg and Neil 20 to 5 from the 16th of December when they posted their high scores. So all them scores, I still can't see them. That's probably a good what, thing though because I'll have beaten me. Don't know what the flipping gnaw is going on there. Yeah, I don't don't care because they would have beaten me anyway. It just bumps me up the rankings from like twentieth to nineteenth, perhaps. I'll put them in anyway. Yes. <laughs> uh, Cine Steve, massive congrats on the Walter Day cards. That's my face. Look there, it is. Look. Woo. Uh, well deserved for you for your efforts in creating such a great podcast. Have a great Christmas, guys. And we did. Thank you very much. Yes, and I've cut all these all this feedback out because it's just it's brilliant but thank you to the following listeners for congratulating us on reaching 100 episodes and also the top 50 episode right these are the people that just said brilliant you know awesome right here we go you ready mm-hmm. djyt ananaki benson rad andy godoy connor malloy john hearts and minds paul higgins robster n paul mccaskey sosfx Alan Hennessy Phil Nez for Life Eric Banana Rob Carpenter Mark Insert Many Coins uh, Giant Keeling Leslie Sol Ross 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 and Damien IW Yeah So thanks guys Thank you So Rob's N also says Worth a podcast subscription for the description alone uh, This was for the header text I wrote for the last episode It read blah 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 Guff about something that may have happened in the podcast recording, or just some nonsense that falls out of my head. What exactly is a biscuit shark anyway? <laughs> Warning: Sean's opinion may be wrong or right. You decide. That is the guff I wrote on the pod, on the web cut, the website because I usually put something that we've said in this recording as the header of the the website, or so something I write. And sometimes I just make up some stuff, and I just wonder if anyone ever reads it. And obviously, one person has read it. So that sort of backfired yeah, on me a cool. little bit. Roly Retro, what to listen to when you have your hand up a bird's bum? Um, was he doing that for leisure purposes, or do you think he was preparing a delicious turkey dinner at Christmas time? I think the former. Mm. Rob Llewellyn. Oh, he's quoted me here. The rock-hard mega outzone, I said, on podcast 33.5, which was your Toa Plan special, mm-hmm. which I've been, which he'd been listening to. Mega, I said. You know what? I knew this guy would be trouble. I may have thought that game was mega back then because I hadn't played much of it. Uh, <laughs> the 10 pence effect and all that. I can't believe we've got Detective listening to the show and fact-checking us. We make it up as we go along, obviously. Of course you, we do. Your facts and your reading and logic. How dare you? And guess what? He is Jimmy, said the Queen, Queen Elizabeth the, the the big second. queen person queen, second that's it yes has sent us a royal telegram and it says I am so pleased to know that no, you no, are no, cele- no 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 it says what? I am so pleased to know that you are celebrating <laughs> your 100th podcast on the 19th of December 2017 <laughs> I send my congratulations and best wishes to you on such a special occasion Elizabeth R that's exactly <laughs> what it says can you not see that and she signed it yes yeah. sir that's cool, that. Thanks, Elizabeth R. There might be a forgery. 
Thanks, Jimmy. Anyway, Stacey King has put, Sean, you should try out Elevator Action Returns. Vic will love it. Released in 1994, the late 16-bit era, with a touch of 32-bit graphics. Three characters to choose from, and lots of guns and shooting baddies in face and elevators. I have tried it. I have played it. I played it in America when I was there last time. They had a cab with it in. It's a great game. I thought it was a bit better than Elevator Action. It's a lot newer, isn't it? And I'm not mm. too keen on that style of game, but it's quite slick. It's quite nice. Mm. Tagster, I lolled at the Victorian insults. Sean just kept it together after the line about wind going right through me. <laughs> Tin, brother of bronze, granddaughter of steel. Yeah. Sort of. This following the Ten Pence podcast is more of an emotional roller coaster than it ought to be. Ending, not ending. Yeah, you keep saying it's finishing, don't you? Yeah. Lol you fools. I can't take it. Falls over. We got this from Adam Godfrey. So I'm on my way to playing and putting a score for all 100 games you have featured since the start. In order to help me with this, I created a spreadsheet of all the games and relevant information. Still need to look into some of them to make sure they're 100%, but thought I would share. Feel free to add, delete, or disregard. He sent us a a Google Doc or a a Google Google Doc. Something like that. And uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll put that onto the Holly spreadsheet uh, section, I think. You can have nice. a look at that. It's pretty good. We have a 1942 question from Mark Insert Money Coins. Hey, Sean, quick question if you don't mind, buddy. What with you being a fellow 1942 fan, you sprung to mind as the man to ask, would you know if there are any major differences between a Romstar release over a Capcom release of the board? Would Romstar be classed as a bootleg or just a European distributor? I am looking to buy my first board and want to make sure that I'm not buying a defective version. I've seen a fair amount of bootleg boards for sale, but for me, my criteria, if possible, would be an original Capcom version version revision b thanks for your time we both got involved in this didn't we yeah it's nice he's doing he's doing he's actually doing a cab up at the moment he wants to put 90 if he wants to make a dedicated 1942 cab which is awesome mm. and the romstar version and the capcom as far as i know are no different apart from maybe a graphic saying romstar because it was licensed yep. to romstar for american distribution yeah but the version b compared to a is that the one where there is a bug in it yeah, the well, the well, you the revision, get an extra life or something. Yeah, the revision B on Mame fixes the extra lives bug where you can the the extra lives freeze if you get too many points at the end of a round. It's hard to explain. Yeah, you knew but about the, that already. Yeah, the revision B. I'm I'm not sure. I think I said I don't think that ever existed in hardware form. I think they just fixed it in Mame, oh. and you and you can burn the ROMs. That's right. Onto, yeah. onto a revision A board. Oh, I, I see. That's what I think. I don't think they ever fixed. I don't think it was any released in during its lifetime. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. Phil, maximum power up. Uh, this was on Twitter. Uh, Love the Outzone episode. Nineties arcades are the golden age of gaming. In his opinion, he's ten years out of date, but bless him. He's ten years younger than us. Well, That's true. Probably more. Ten than years younger. Ten years younger than me. Yeah, I think. Right, Brian. Brian Haribo. He's been on. Got- He's got a little picture of two little jelly baby men he sent us, and they're talking to each other. Have you done your Tempe score this week, says one. Not yet, but I'm really looking forward to shooting loads of aliens right in face. What's the game, says the other one. And then the first one says, okay, if it wasn't if it wasn't that and was, say, some sort of elevator-based platform action game, would you be upset at all? I'd be crushed literally, says the other one. <laughs> then get the blastoids at the ready. Lee Warren. Just wanted to thank you for a fantastic podcast. I was pointed in your direction by an old friend and now work colleague, Dave. Uh-oh. 
Troll Nads. Uh-oh. It's been fantastic listening to all the talk about arcade games that I grew up with whilst driving to work every morning, especially as I thought an arcade scene had all but died away. I spent most of my childhood hanging around Fleetwood Arcade and Pier, and even spent the days and school holidays there when I had no money and I could watch other plays for free. I'm currently listening to you from the past, working my way back to the more recent episodes. Ironically, you are both talking about Christmas and Harrods Mince Pies in the podcast I'm currently listening to, but it's Christmas 2016! If you can give me a shout-out on one of your upcoming podcasts, I should get to hear it around February next year. Shout-out to Lee Warren! <laughs> give him a quick pop. <laughs> pop. Hoping to hit Arcade Club soon and say hi in person. Keep up the good work and keep the arcade flag flying. Lee, insert cool arcade name here, Warren. Lee, naughty boy Warren. Mm. Mm-hmm. P.S. I always remember Trollnads being particularly fantastic at Mappy, and I wasn't surprised when he came top of your Mappy scores recently. Recently to me, not to you. Are you sure it's not just Trollnads with a different name? I didn't think of that. Ooh, not you I think he, yeah, he could be bigging himself up. He's sneaky. Does Lee Warren actually exist? Lee Trollnads Warren. Yeah, yeah Trollnads. Yeah. We've, got, we've got your number, young man. Yes. Anyway. Island Pirates. Good day. Thank you for making your excellent podcast. You are helping explain my child obsession, childhood obsession to my wife. Mm. Thank you, sir. From Timothy O'Neill, the vocalist and guitarist from the band Octopus, uh, on feedback for his Defend Her song. Which was Ho- in the top 50, yeah. Holy shiz. That is awesome. And the music has a great story. It never occurred to me that little people would be female in all these years. I pictured them as people with backpacks, but I love the fiction way better. Billy Joe Kane. This is flipping awesome, man. I love the line, I lost all my girls, it's the end of the world. They've come back again as green mutated men. The story (laughs) of my life, lol. Great headbanging and guitar shredding riffs. Love the female vocalist too. Signed up to Fly Until I Die says it all, Eugene Jarvis, creator of the epic game Defender that came out in 1981. Uh, My rock band, The Octopus, is seriously attempting to plan a European tour this upcoming summer. And on the lookout for any folks in the area that might assist with the show booking assistance, venue suggestions, housing considerations, or other local rock bands we might share a bill with. Should you have any contacts you feel might be able to assist in any capacity, please keep us in mind. It's a heck of an endeavour for any original local to the States rock band to attempt a European tour, but it's been on our bucket list for so long we'd better get into it. So if you know of any venues that might take this band on, give them a shout. Octopus. Mm. Arcade Club have got a stage. They could do it. Yeah, that'd be a good good venue. Yeah. James Foggin, check out Battlezone on the PSVR, lads. No. Yes, I know it. Yes, I know it's not classic, but it's actually got a Battlezone classic mode in the main game in full on VR, green screen, wireframe, vectors and everything. You boys will love it, he said. Do you know what else has got green screen, wireframe graphics? My Battlezone cab. Ah. That doesn't work. So, yeah, I'll just play it on a real cab. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, Garen from the RGDS Army, your top 50 show made me feel that I should have stayed more into the arcade side. Just hearing all those stories were fantastic took me back. I think I agree with nearly every word of the show. I don't get Space Harry, I never have, but not sure why, as I understand how good it is. I'm going to try and play along with each show's game next year. I've done a few lately and not put a score in. Retro Shumper, Garen. Yep, we'd like Garen. to hear from you, Garen. Play along with us, mate. 
and Kingy also from RGDS. Oh yeah. Every every single one of the listeners should all be bloody podcasting some really passionate anecdotes. This is about the top fifty again. What a brilliant bonus episode! Here's to twenty eighteen, folks. Yep, I've been listening to Kingy lately on some of the RGDSs. I have. Retro Rich loved being involved in the podcast. Lots of big names featured here. I am not worthy. Thanks. Yes, you are worthy. Hmm. Oh yeah, Rob asked for uh, a list of the top 50 games so you can make a main collection with the top 50 in, which is kind of what I've done on my pies, actually. So they're now on the webpage that goes with this podcast, so make sure you can check out the site at www.tenpencearcade.co.uk. Loads of cool stuff on there we put on. Sounds fantastic, that site. It's pretty good. I may check it out myself. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, Pete Hahn, this is good. He congratulated us. Thanks for that, Pete. And he said, I noticed something strangely familiar about the banner for 1942 on Twin Galaxies here. So he sent us a link. You click on the link, and it's all the world records for 1942, right? The arcade SD version, Mm -hmm. the current world record holder is a Mr. Trollnads. (gasps) But the picture is our podcast image when we reviewed 1942 way back. Oh, so, so, so I said to Trollnads, he says, have, is that anything to do with you? Have you submitted that picture along with your score? And he hasn't. Oh. So Twin Galaxies, I don't know if they have a search algorithm for pictures. But it just grabs them from somewhere. They've picked up our 1942 podcast image. Oh, right. What's for, the high score? Is it very high? I is, think it's is that it kind what, of finish the game? Because I think Dave I, can finish the game, can't he? Yeah, but I don't think he has. I think he has, but let's, let's see what it says on here. He's got 1.5 million, so he got right near the end. Yeah, not but quite, because you get 10 million at the end of the game, don't you? Yeah, I know he has finished it since. Mm. Okay. Odd goings on. So David mm. Paul says, Hello, guys. Thanks for a really great podcast. I've had a main cab in the past and sadly had to sell it when moving house and downsizing. You guys have inspired me to build another. Previously, I've had I've used Space Invaders and Asteroids Art artwork on my cab but i'd like to use different artwork this time what shmup has the best looking artwork it needs to be a shmup that runs on mame any ideas greatly appreciated cheers guys from david paul i suggested uh, Zevius. that's got nice side art on the original atari cab 1942 mm-hmm. on one of the kits that's nice side art with the planes missile command that good sort of 70s 80s kind of vibe going on or asteroids that's got a nice space scene on the side of a big explosion going on what do you reckon yeah, so some of the universal shooters are fantastic side art, but they are a bit bonkers. Yeah, they are a bit mm. mad. That was sort of like almost like 60s and 70s prog rock kind of art, wasn't it? Yeah. Universal <laughs> games. Anyway, Rog69, great podcast as ever. It kept me company for a whole week of commuting. By the way, I'm not from Solihull, but the wife is, and Vic's accent was spot on. Thumbs, thumbs up. up. He's probably thumbs <laughs> up, ain't he? Lovely. Cheers, Rog. I am Jimmy. Finished off the Monster Podcast today. The effort that must have gone into the Top 50 Podcast is extraordinary. Love the contributions from all the podcasters, enthusiasts and listeners. You chaps have well and truly earned your place on the back of a Walter Day trading card. Nearly four hours of arcade indulgence. Nice. Thanks to all those that contributed. The personal stories and experiences really brought the podcast to life. Thanks, Victor. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, y'all. 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 Dave Flinster, number one, had to be outrun, just as expected. Me, biased? Never. Problem with this show is that I keep wanting to stop listening and go and play the games mentioned. That's there's, good. There's nothing wrong with that. Press pause. Go and play them. We've done our job there, sir. Benson Radlist, number four. 
First up, the extra credit trick on a turtle's cap, as I'm sure Vic wants to play it lots, was to insert a coin. When the player's start buttons flash, hammer them as fast as you can. I used to get around 20-odd credits back in the day. My mate, though, did it a few times after coins and got 99 credits. This is on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I take it. Mm. Uh, second up, what's all this lusting after my Space Invaders trim line? I have I wave my f- filled crisp packet at you, sir. Remember I said something about a crisp packet and him farting into it? Yeah, he, said, he sent us a picture of an inflated crisp packet, Ooh, hasn't he? Oh, yuck. Yes, I would like to have Benson Rad's Space Invaders trim line. It would look lovely next to my Phoenix. Ben, whenever you want to get rid of it, just give me a shout and we'll do a deal somewhere. I love that machine. Mm. Woody Piano Shack. Hello, Ten Pencers. Woody here, your ex-Weymouth fan. Yes. Did some... Did some remixes of three classic Sega arcade soundtracks using sounds from the Yamaha DX7 keyboard, a legendary synth from the early 80s. You may know that the sound chips in Sega arcade and console machines use a similar FM synthesis architecture as the classic DX7. Here's the result. So we're going to play a bit of that music in a minute, aren't we? Cool. And you can get it on YouTube. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can listen to all of it. Cheers, Woody. Mm. Brian Haribo. On the subject of elevator action, it reminds me of a story back in the day where me and my old mate would go down to the week at the weekend to visit the arcades and computer game stores. Sometimes we'd go into one of the large department stores and ride the lift up and down. <laughs> I'm sure we've all done it. No, no, it's just you, Brian. We discovered that when the lift got to a floor and the doors started to open, if we pushed against the doors as they were opening, we could stop them from opening. After 20 seconds or so, they would then close and move on to the next floor. We would ride up and down all the floors doing this while shoppers gathered on each floor. The fun we had. Always naughty. Sometimes we would let the doors open an inch or two and scream through the gap, Help! We're stuck in here! We can't get out! We would do this on each floor, then jump out, often to a crowd of angry shoppers. On occasion, we'd see a security guard remember of staff coming up the stairs as so we'd leg it down the other side. Remarkably similar to the game. In fact, I believe this is where the idea of elevator action come from. Interesting fact there. Fact in inverted commas. Anyway, please do not try this, listeners. By the way, good to meet everyone at RK Club for Tankster's visit. Had a great night. Highland Pirate, hello, gents. Thank you for doing such an outstanding podcast. It's so good. My wife listens to it, even though she couldn't care less about my gaming hobby from yesteryear. I used, to, I used to have a few cabs back in the day, and that when they were cheap and anyone would give them to you if you could just get them out of their basement without beating up the walls too much. Hey, that's good, isn't it? Mm. Last, last year, we got a place that had a games room in it, and, re, and it reignited those memories and got me back on the wagon. Yes. Sadly, off to a bad start with some Pandora boxes. And not back on the good leg with some old PCBs. I enjoyed your list and it helped me form the base list for the new arcade heavy games room that the wife is still unaware of. Mm. This is from the Island Pete and his old lady and the Lanky and Fat Cats. He's got Lanky and Fat Cats. Lanky Fat Cat. That's a strange looking cat, probably. Mm. P.S. If you listen to the Broken Token podcast, they seem to be playing my, my voicemails for the last while. They were the inspiration to get some real darned games, finally. Nice one. Get some cabs. Why not? Mm. So thank you all for all the feedback. Uh, it's great to know so many people are enjoying the show. We love each and every one of you. Except troll nads. Okay, except troll nads. We love him, really. <laughs> oh, dear. Let's have a little bit of interval music. We haven't had that for a while, have we? No. Some of this. Go on.
That was the remix music from Woody Piano Shack, Outrun. Very nice. Shout out. Oh, let's do this. One of these. I've never done this before. A resonant thing for all the lovely listeners, for listening to all the past podcasts, all 100 of them. All the biscuits and gifts they bestowed upon us over the years. Festooned, even. I like that word. Shouts to everyone who has sent us messages as well. Thank you very much. Uh, special shout-outs to Andy and all the nice people at Arcade Club. Especially for letting Holly in all the time. I know what he's like. I know what you got to put up with him, but thank you for letting him in. <laughs> uh, every single person that sent us audio submissions for the top 50 arcade games. I second that. You are all beautiful human beings. Even troll ads. Yeah. Even oh, yeah, he did one, didn't he? He did, yeah. Uh, Phil Nez for life, uh, who repaired more than I thought was wrong with my Asteroids PCB. As you know from listening to the top 50, Phil is really into Asteroids, and he's really into fixing them. He's learnt loads fixing Asteroid boards, and he's doing really well at it now. And I had a video of my Asteroids, and when I sent it to him, he found out there's a lot more going wrong with it than right. There was a lot of stuff. The sound went, all sorts of other things went on. He fixed it all for me. And I met up with him a little while ago because he works very near the South Bank. And I, I met up with him at the South Bank. And he gave me that. And I gave him some other stuff to test out. Uh, so thank you very much, Phil. And I think we should upgrade him to Phil Snez for life. Yeah. Super Six, Nes. 16-bit Phil. 16-bit Phil from now on. Brian Haribo, formerly Hambo. That's what he thinks he calls himself. He's Haribo now. Yeah. For getting that tiny arcade machine for me and posting it to me within a day. You got it? Uh, it came the day after we were talking about it, and I got 28,500 points on Pac-Man on my first go. I've never done that before. Nice. Cool. And I've modded it as well, so it's really good. Uh, also, a little shout-out to the real Bounty Bob, Jason, who is the main contributor to Pro C Atari, a printed magazine. In this day and age, a printed magazine. Ooh. Excel is also another printed mag they, they do. Uh, Mr. Bounty Bob also told me about some rather good Atari 8-bit work in progress arcade ports for the Atari 8-bit which I've got. Uh, Time Pilot and a very and a game very similar to Rock and Rope called Tales of Dragons and Caveman, which I'm really looking forward to playing, actually, because I liked Rock and Rope. Uh, Nibbler is another one they're doing on the Atari 8-bit. Right. He also reminded me of an Asteroids port that actually uses the 6502 arcade code on the orig- from the original PCB. It's actually an emulator on an Atari 8-bit of arcade Asteroids. It's really good. I think I've actually got that and played it. It's good. Nice. I will want to give a shout-out to Neil 20 to 5 for missing his very early Top 50 feedback. He sent it so early that we both forgot about including it, didn't we? Do you know what else? This is another one, right? Mr. Neil, 20 to 5. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Neil. Wow. Happy birthday, Neil. He's younger than us. Swine. He's a bit younger, isn't he? 43. Well done, Neil. Ooh. Tech tips. First tech tip of the year. Now, this one is interesting. There's some slight detective work on my behalf. I'm working out what my Pleiad's PCB. Remember I got a Pleiad's PCB from the lovely Stuart Time Warp? Yes. It 
it didn't have any sound in my Taito Trimline Phoenix cab, which houses my Phoenix game. As you may remember, when we did playouts on Podcast 96, I got the, the board from the super fragrant Stuart Tracy. Super uh, fragrant? Super fragrant. It smells lovely. Does it? Down in the Time Warp Arcade in Bridgewater. Uh, the PCB had a hardwired soldered adapter on the edge connector. I removed this because it's quite a messy thing. And that would be for a jammer machine. It was going directly in a dedicated cab. The Phoenix has the same p- pinouts as Pleiads and is a straight swap. You can just put those games in the same cab. It's no problem. I popped the PCB in the cab uh, as my Phoenix PCB was actually with Phil Murray being repaired and putting the high score kit on it. The game played okay, but I found out there was the original version with the speedy bullets and the warp button, which is not the version we reviewed. Mm. Uh, but I actually prefer that version of the one we played on the podcast. I think it's just a better game. It's quicker. The game worked great, but had no sound at all. It was silent. I tried turning the volume pot on the PCB up, and nothing. At the time, I thought it may have just been a fault with the PCB, you know, that the, the amp might have gone or something. But Stuart informed me it was fine when he last used it. In the meantime, I had my Phoenix back from Phil, and when I plugged that into the game, the actual machine, I got no video. The game was playing blind, but with no video, I was like, oh, what's going on here? Hmm, definitely a cab problem, I reckon. Mm. But two totally different issues. So one was a sound problem, and one was a video problem. I'd also bought a non-working original Phoenix PCB that had an adapter with it. So I used the adapter to try play ads in a jammer cab. And to my surprise, everything worked 100%. Music and sound was present. So more head scratching was done by me. Why wasn't it, you know, why was it working on a jammer machine and not in a dedicated cabinet, which I knew the sound worked on? Weird. Yeah, it was a bit odd, actually. It took me a little while to work this out. So my first breakthrough was to work out the pins in the Phoenix Trimlines connector on the loom. They were really old and quite brittle, and they bent away from where they should connect with the PCB, the contacts. So what I did, I carefully bent them a little way back, just the sound one, and also the video one for for the Phoenix board. And I got the Phoenix working 100%. It was just they weren't making contact properly on the video plug, so that was easy. So I've got Phoenix working 100% now with high score saving as well, thanks to Phil. But Pleiades was still silent. A few weeks passed, and when I got the cab out, I pulled the cab away and pulled the back door off to have a good look at replacing the old connector. I actually replaced the old connector. I noticed that a few pins weren't present from factory. They're actually missing out of the edge connector. They didn't bother putting any in because there wasn't any wires connected to them. This seemed very lazy to me. With the power pins, you can get away with just having one wired up and two or three on the, or on the pin-out diagram. As long as one is connected to all of them, you're okay. Yeah. It's making, you know, making the power. Depends what feed the pins and what the PCB requires and what pins it requires it on. I noticed that the underside of pin 5 should be 12 volts, as in the top side. But it was missing. 12 volts is what powers audio amps. Hmm... hmm. But, even with just the top side connected in the machine, it should be enough to power the audio amp on the PCB. I need one. And I looked at the edge on the PCB that I'd previously had a soldered adapter butchered onto it, and then me unsoldering said, ugly adapter. I checked the pin finger to the nearest attached point on the PCB with my multimeter set to continuity mode, and there was no connection. Bingo. There was a trace broken on it. Ooh. So I rammed an old needlework pin in the edge connector and carefully plugged the PCB and made sure it bridged the gap that was broken. Turned the machine on and poof, lovely tunes and pew-pews. So wow. it's actually a problem on the PCB. 
So the hypothesis is of this, I've replaced the knackered edge connector inside the trim line with a new one and actually wired up both 12 volt lines. When I check the voltages coming out of the power brick in the machine to the 12 volts, the wire next to the 12 volt, not underneath it, was the one attached. They'd actually done it wrong from factory. They put it onto a pin next to the 12 volt, which wasn't being used. So it was just pointless having it there. So I wired Bad. it underneath where it should be. So now both 12 volt pins are supplying 12 volt to the PCB, which is really weird. So I bridged the track on the PCB, belt and braces, and put the 12 volts on both lines. It's really weird. I, I wanted to correct it and not be lazy, just like Taito were when they built that machine. Swines. So I wonder if it ever had any sound. Well, the Phoenix board did. It had sound because the top pin was connected and working and giving the 12 volts, but not the bottom one. It only did the top one. But on the Pleiad's PCB, the top pin had been broken. Mm. And it wasn't obviously fitting hitting the bottom one which would have made it work because it wasn't connected it was two errors the Pleiad's PCB had a track broken a little track on the on the edge connector and the actual machine had a pin missing so it right, was never yeah, going to get sorry. sound but when I've replaced both those it now works perfectly so it was really it took a while working out what it was but just a bit of logical thinking and testing and working out where a pin should be and what voltage it should be having and all this sort of stuff I eventually worked it out and now they both work perfectly in there which I'm really nice. happy about. That's good. I really cool. like the sounds on Pleiads. I think they're really cool sounds. Yeah. So what to enhance the machine even more, what I'm going to do is inside it, I'm going to put a little sort of plastic tray to put the PCB in. So you can just quickly take the PCB out the front of the coin door, pop the other PCB in, and off you go. You got go from Pleiads to Phoenix in less than a minute. Mm. Cool. Nice one. Top 100 arcade games. Okay, this next section, I think we should finish this today. Do you reckon? No, because I haven't filled it all out. Oh, I'm uh -oh. going to finish mine today. Go the, on, then. This is, this is our top 100 games in our fantasy arcade. And we were on. We are on something like 80-odd. I'm going to fill in my last 14 games. I'm bored of it. <laughs> okay, we usually do five at a time. I've got seven. Because you missed them out last time, didn't you? You naughty yeah. man. I've got seven. And I need another three to finish off my 100. But go on, do your 14 then. Okay, here we go. As as we're getting down these, we're struggling to find 100, aren't we? So Yeah, I, keep, I kept uh, duplicating ones I've already got in there. But I like loads of games. But ones I'd actually have in my own arcade, hmm, it's difficult working them out, isn't it? Yeah, I could I could do this list again and be completely different. Anyway, Xevious, Pong, the original Pong, yeah. Arkanoid, Three games that are played on the Amiga. I went back to my Amiga days thinking what I used to like They're there. They're arcade games, you idiot. I know, but they are they are arcade versions of these games. There's Dragon Breed, Badlands, and Silkworm. I played all them on the Amiga. Yeah. And they, they're good arcade versions. So mm. Dragon Breed's really good in the arcade. Yeah. Rast Rastan Saga, I've been playing at an arcade club recently and failing miserably. Really? Do like that on. game? Yeah, I do. I loved it as yeah. a kid, but it seems a bit wooden when you play it nowadays. It hasn't aged very well. It's rock hard. Yeah. Osman, the Strider sort of sequel. Sidearms, which is a, a nice little shooter. Mm -hmm. Continental Circus. I've always liked this game. I don't know why. I've, Has it got I've lions still... in it? No, it's... it's I Do think you jump over balls like in Circus Charles? I think it might have been Continental Circus. This is one of these Japanese... Oh, really? English... Do you reckon that's what it is? 
I think I've read that somewhere. It should should have been Continental Circuits, but ah. they called it Circus. Because I got the translation on that is brilliant. I love stuff like that. Mm. Black Hole Stroke Quarth. I've been playing that today, actually. You and like that puzzle game, don't you? I, I got close to the world record on that, you know. I should have carried on playing is it. Is it a shooty, like you shoot the Tetris pieces to turn them around? We did review it, didn't we? Yeah, it's like Tetris with bullets. Oh, yeah. like it. Right up your street. Shinobi, I really want to learn and get into that game. Black yeah. Tiger, Black Dragon, depends which territory you're in. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the look of that game, and I like the, the fact there's loads of little secrets and lots to discover on it, but it is rock hard. Mm-hmm. And Road Blasters, probably just out of nostal- nostalgia for the tune and the sounds that you used to hear in the arcades. Yeah. That's it. That's my 100 done. Okay. So my seven, I'll probably do the other three if I can next time. Uh, the first one, Mad Planets. Oh, they're crazy. Crazy plants. Because it's uh, quite a dedicated machine, isn't it? You've got a, a flight stick on the right-hand side and a spinner to spin your ship around. It's a mad game. It's really nice. Yeah. Exit X's. I like that. Ooh, you put in that yeah, I like it. I really like it. Uh, Pong, as you did. Cause original. Yep. Brilliant. Uh, slap Fight. <laughs> Ow! Ow! Not, not two grown men slapping each other over the internet. It's actually a really good uh, shooter. Is that a tower plan game? Yes, it is. It's yeah. an early tower plan, isn't it? Released by mm. Taito. Yeah. Uh, Galaga 88. It's a really nice version of Galaga, an updated version of Galaga, which I really like. I like the cab as well. Mm. Ah, new one. R-Type. My newfound love for R-Type. Nice. Right into this. Oh, and Ridge Racer. It's probably the only racer. It's really simple. Put your foot down, race around the track. Maybe pole position, but yeah, Ridge Racer. I like that. Drift like you're on a slidey banana slide. Yeah, well okay. done. So that's probably it, yeah. That's the, yeah. We could probably retire this now. And those three last spaces, I'll just swap in and out in my arcade head. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But- we're going to do... Now we're going to retire this one. And the next thing we're going to do... Shall we keep it secret until next time? Or no, let's it? just do it. Tell them. Okay. Right, we're going to do our favourite games by year. Yes. So every year, we're just going to pick one game and say why it's our favourite. So as you get into 1988 or 82, it's going to be really tough. Yeah. But there will be one favourite, and we're going to have... What what year is it? 2018? It is we're now, yeah. Have, we're going to have... And actually, no, we won't have any favourites from this year, will we? No. Or last year. We've got to work out what year to start on. Probably like 78? Something like that. Mm-hmm. That's it when starts. games started getting quite good. They weren't quite so simple. They're getting good, weren't they? Seventy-two pong, seventy-three pong, seventy-four pong, tank pong, yeah. speed race. Yeah. So we'll start on seventy-eight, perhaps. Yeah. And this, in no way, is reminiscent of what RGS did at all. Nothing like it. Oh, have we copied him again. A little bit, yeah. Okay. No, 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 don't matter. It's a good idea though. But we're just going to strictly do arcade games personal to us mm. from those dates uh, I don't think I started playing games in 78 I was only 5, I'd have been too young I think I started game, playing games when I was about 7 or so, so like 1980 onwards but I would have played the older games because they were still in the arcade, they were still relatively new back then and they were in the arcades so yeah, that's going to be really good, it's going to be quite tough nice. in the early 80s because I, I have so many favourites from the 80s, we have to stick it down to like 5 or 10 or I don't know and we did a bit of a spiel on it and personal things and try and work out what the best ones were. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. to that. 
Flyer Quiz. Have you got a flyer quiz for me? Yes, this is a replacement from the music quiz, which I obviously won. Oh, yeah. Yeah, So you did. Right, so this is the flyer quiz. I've got four four quickies here, so here we go. The first one. This is flyers, arcade flyers, and you're going to read out the description and blank out certain parts. It'll make it obvious for me to guess. I'll try and work out what game you're describing from the flyer. Yes. Go on. Don't need to blank any of this out. You're never going to get this. Actually, you might do. Right, okay. The mighty aliens are advancing on planet Earth. The horrific battle is with us. Cold Eye will distract them and divide when wounded. Superfly is testing your weaponry systems as 4D and Meteor are directing punishing attacks and Atomic Pile will surely destroy us. Ooh, I've heard of Atomic Pile before. They're the, these, them ones that I've emphasised are the four baddies. Well, one of the baddies. Cold Eye, Superfly, 4D, Meteor, Atomic Pile. That's five. <laughs> oh, it really rings a bell, believe it or not. So is it a Japanese flyer? Yeah. Is it Galaxian? No, but it's that type of game. Gallagher? No, do you want a clue? Yeah, give me a clue. I'll read another line of it. Go on. Earth, Earth's only weapon capable of success is a three-stage multi-fire rocket. Mooncrester. Yeah. I didn't know they had names. Oh, yeah, they have the eyeball as, doesn't it? Yeah, cold eye splits in two, doesn't he? Do you know why I've just wor- worked out in my tiny mind why I know where I've heard them from recently? Is Sean Courtney from the Pie Factory podcast and also the 7800, Atari 7800 Homebrew podcast reviewed Mooncrester homebrew version for the Atari 7800. And that's what I know the names from. Whoa. Cheers, Sean. I nearly oh, got right. it. Yeah, right. This one. This is three lines from the flyer. Action, it says in loud, wo- loud words. Loud words. Loud words. Thing. Loud words is a new thing. Yes. Action. Experience 768 days of destruction. No two alike. Adventure. Attack 85 different cities. Easy. Rampage. Yeah. Thrills, collect monster earnings, collect mo- Are these too easy? That no, one was. The Mooncrest right. one wasn't too right. easy. Next one. Playfield view can be changed from overhead to ground level. Okay. Robot. What? Okay, go on. <laughs> Robots can jump into a red zone only when evil eye is yellow, green, or I closed. Robot. Oh! We reviewed that, remember? Me and Alex did it yonks back. I know. That was oh, an odd game. At, he really likes that game. Right, this is Japanese, and I had to translate it. So it's no, no, be weird. do it in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is from, Jap- from Japanese flyer, right? Okay, it's gonna be bonkers, mm. isn't it? Yeah, rush, stay on upper road to avoid the attacking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Timer, reach epsilon base on base moon to complete base. Oh yeah, this is easy. Go on. Uh, Moon Patrol. No. Oh, chicken. Score. (laughs) (laughs) Scores one thousand points for each of the destruction. Right. Do you want a clue? Yeah. It's copyright Beardy Fool Electronics, nineteen eighty-three. 
Did you make a game in 1983? Yeah, I did. It's actually called... It actually, you know the lead singer of The Cure? Yes. What's he called? Robert Smith. Yes, this game was called Robert Smith and the Deadly Chicken Dinner. Copyright Beardy Fall Electronics, 1983. Did you make it up? I made it up. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't I get it? (laughs) Chicken scores 1,000 points for each of the destruction. That was the clue. Oh, really? Yeah, Robert Smith and the Deadly Chicken Dinner. It was a great game. (laughs) (laughs) You made me snort. You idiot. Is that it for this, this week's flying quiz? You're better at that than me again. Well, if I'd got that one, you'd have been really freaked out, wouldn't you? I would have, yeah, I would have been a bit scared. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Featured game review. Right then, we've got two featured game review. Featured game review one. Whoop, whoop. Elevator action. Arabata action. Taito, 1983. Taito System SJ Hardware, don't you know? It was a Z80 at 4 MHz and a sound Z80 at 3 MHz, along with four AY8910s. Why did you need that many AY chips for this music? It's not that complicated, is it? Same hardware as Alpine Ski and Jungle Hunt. You can see that with Jungle Hunt. It's very similar graphics, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, the men, yeah. Uh, it is horizontal screened, four-way joystick, and a two-button game. Buttons are fire pistol and jump. I'm going to read a little bit of bump from the flyer. Uh, this is the draw. In elevator action, Agent 17, codename Otto, is on a top-secret mission that will have everyone coming up from undercover to play. Enemy agents armed and lying in wait behind the blue doors try to ambush Otto and put an end to this legendary master spy. Only well-planned strategies, bullet dodging, quick on the draw accuracy, quick on the draw accuracy, Sean. And Ooh. black belt karate prowess can get him through. Shooting out the lights and knocking out the enemy during the blackout will chalk up more points. Even the great Otto has his ups and downs. but these can be controlled with the joystick whenever he's inside the elevator for a real profit lift isn't it time you got into elevator action no it is not yeah no no right how you play this game you get a cutaway view front view of an office block from with 30 floors you glide in on a zip wire which has been fired onto the side of the building you have to ascend the building using the elevators which are lifts to us in the uk and escalators to the bottom of the building where your getaway car is waiting. On the way down, your mission is to steal secret documents which are concealed behind the red doors. Not very secret, are they, putting them behind red doors? If you don't get all the documents from behind the red doors when you reach the bottom, you'll be transported back to the highest red door with a remaining document. So best not to miss any on the way down. Make sure you go in. Bad guy agents, that's what they're officially called, bad guy agents, are out to get you. You can shoot them with your pistol. Make them fall down the elevator shafts, crush them with the elevators, or shoot the lights out and make the light land on their heads. You can even kick them right in face if you perform <laughs> a jump while next to them. Watch out, though, as they are armed too. Yes. But they do not try and kick you in the nuts and run away. Kick you in the balls and then run away. No, they don't need to. You can push up or down while in a lift to ride up and down the floors. You can also step on the escalator platforms to go up and down the escalators. You need to do this when there are no elevators on certain floors. When you're outside a door, press up to enter. 
I just walked up to the door and stopped on the mat and it opened. Okay. I always press then, up. And then you can press diagonal down to get out almost immediately. Like within a second you can diagonal get out. Diagonal down? I always press down. It doesn't work. I didn't know mm. that. I pressed, I pressed diagonal down away from the way the door was opening. Kind oh, really? Of thing, it's just know? really quickly. Because yeah. sometimes if you leave the joystick, it stays in there quite a while, doesn't it? And the enemy agents come out and stuff. That's the best part of the game. Yes. Just, you just enter, in there. And a few seconds later, emerge with a super secret documents worth 500 bonus points. I wonder if the Colonel's secret recipe or the ingredients for Coca Cola are amongst those secret docs. Could have been. That's why those agents are after you. If you shoot out the lights, it goes dark for a while and it's harder to see the bad guys coming out the doors. You can also jump and duck their fire, depending on what height they fire at you from. So, some tips and secrets in this game. Use the elevators to get the guys to get out their shooters. If you go down and they sort of see your feet, same level, they'll get the shooters out and try and shoot. And they can only have, I think, one bullet on the screen at the same time. So what I do is go down, let them fire, go back up and go back down and shoot them right in face. Right in chops. Yeah, I did that when I played it. Uh, crush the bad guys and also lure them to fall down the shafts with the elevators for maximum fun. I like when they fall down the things. They're idiots. I don't know how they do it. The AI goes a bit mad and they fall down the shafts. Idiots. Mm. Uh, clear out the floor of baddies before collecting documents. That's pretty much a given, really, isn't it? It's easy to do yeah. that. Wait for them to come up or down in elevators and on escalators and make them meet with a bullet right in the face. Ah! Oof. Idiots. So the graphics and sound on this very, very simple old game. Very simple and quite weird pastel colour palette. It almost looks like a CGA game from early PC days, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think they're bland. There's no character in the graphics, and it looks a bit like a Commodore 64 game. It looks it? very like a Commodore 64 game. Um, mm. This character you play, Otto, what is, it, what is it with his massive quiff hairdo? He's got a massive barnet on him, hasn't he? Yeah. Not sure why he's got a big bit of bread sticking out of his head. It's weird. Yeah. Very, very bland graphics. Almost like 1980 graphics. A couple of years behind, maybe. Uh, yes, yes. This so. tune... ...gets right in your head and stays there forever. So sorry about that, listeners. Sorry. I just turn, turned it off immediately. <laughs> Ooh, oof! Cabinet art is really nice on this game. Uh, they came in a sort of quite a generic Taito. They call them diet cabs. Don't know why. Uh, they're, they're, they're just a very simple artwork on the side, which are different colours. And then they basically put the control panel and the, the bezel and the marquee on. And it's quite a nice sort of brown-looking coloured thing on the side. Really nice um, marquee on it with a sort of bad guy shooting out of a red door and you hiding with some documents near a lift door. And yeah. it's just a nice-looking cab, really, isn't it? Quite it's like all it. right. It's okay. It's brown. That's it, the is, it is brown, yeah. Mm. It's brown. I'll put a picture on the website for people to look at. A bit of trivia on this game. Ace Multi-Podcast podcast at Rob O'Hara. It was his first arcade machine. Mm-hmm. Had a bit of action. Uh, and Mike McGuinness, talking of Ace Podcasters from No Quarter Arcade Podcast, hates elevator action. He well, really good. hates it. It's one of his least favourite games. Good it, Mike. Anyway, Soul's, Soul's done a blog on Elevator Action, so check that out. It's very interesting, quite funny. He's got a good way with words. So. A, a good northern Yorkshire way with words. 
<laughs> while sipping some bitter from John Smith's. I was singing. I was singing the Sivan theme tune to him at Arcade Club. Did he, he enjoy it? While he was playing. He, he said. Uh, he said I sounded like Tales of the Unexpected. Because we sat. He was playing Ketsui, I think, to the right. And I said, you can't hear this music, it's brilliant, so, so I started singing it, but he wasn't impressed. I bet he wasn't. Mm. Did he have a whip it with him at the same time? No, but he had a whip. And does he live on a cobbled street? I bet he does. No, but he had a cob. You know what a cob is? It's a bun. Yeah, so it's a Nottingham area bun, isn't it? Enough of this talk of buns. Yes. There's an IGN review of this game. Yes, there is, from 2011. So it's on the Wii. Hmm. Why? It's a bit of a weird game to put out in 2011, isn't it? It's quite an old, almost forgotten game. Strange. Mm. Uh, Ports, the sequels, and legacy. Uh, Elevator Action returns in 1994, which you talked about earlier. A super, super, super zooped up version on Taito F3 hardware. Good game. Uh, The original game came out on a few 8-bit computers. Spectrum, Amstrad, Commodore 64, MSX, and it came out on the NES and the Game Boy consoles. Also the Sega SG-1000, forerunner to the Master System. And right. Sony released a mobile version in 2007. Uh, check out Strategy Wiki, which I'll put in the show notes, for a good comparison of a lot of the home versions of LR Action. So scoring. Um, the world record is 156,550 by Steve Wagner in 2015. I thought this game would... It's quite a low-scoring game. I thought this would have... Like a millions of points on it. I think one of those games that people just rinse and rinse and rinse because it's very very similar. But no, it's mm. not not a high scoring game at all. So let's get harder. Yeah, yeah. From bottom to top, uh, Matthew Bridge sixty one hundred. Awful score, awful game. He says, "I get the elevator part, but where's the action?" <laughs> You're I your agree. cheeky get, Matthew. I do agree. Mark Clayton, 6,700. Not much time to play. i never played this before, hence the score. I do like it, though. Yes. would never have played this had it not been for the 10 pence arcade. That is that is our job. Uh, Steve <laughs> Tyke. Oh, such a low score for Steve Tyke. He's brilliant normally. 7,200. Every time I go play this 10p score challenge again, elevator action, I just load up Donkey Kong. Not for me. Tactical genius, 8500. Didn't have time to play it properly, but I didn't want to make time after playing it a couple of times. I never <laughs> realised it at the time, but Mike McGuinness was right all those years ago. This is not a good game. Sorry, Carrington. Yeah, I think Carrington liked it. Mm. Andrew Driver, 9150. Got to the car, but no 10,000 points. Because when mm. you get to the very bottom, you zip away in your fast car. That car looks a bit pants, doesn't it? It can hardly get his hair cut in it. Yeah. It doesn't look like a sporty spy car, does it? I think Sol said that. Anyway, Rob Carpenter, 9,150, same score as Andrew Driver. Mm-hmm. Okay, starting to get the idea. About to enter the shaft to be shafted again. Need to get this boosted. There's still time. I think that was his last score, though. Yeah. Carl Parry, 12,550. Managed to break 10K on elevator action. Can I bear to continue? Mark, happy dude, 13,150. This is possibly the first time I've been happy that I've had no time to play it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're beating it with a stick, aren't they? Uh, Brett May, 14,500. Long-time listener, first-time scorer. 14,500 on my 10-year-old's Picade. Played this in the arcades in Melbourne, Australia when I was a young teenager about 1984. One of my favourite games ever, and I still suck at it. Wow. Some people like it, Sean. I know. Leslie, Dr. Dean, 15,000. Uh, Sean, who's this Sean character? That's oh, it's me. you, 
15,500. You know, oh, I love this. I'm going to give you a... That's all I could bear, I'm afraid. I had to switch it off. You didn't like it? No. Not Paul like McCaskey. <laughs> 16,050 from Paul McCaskey. This game is frustrating. It's close to being a fun game, but it's so slow going and the levels are too long. That's what I think. Connor Malloy, 16,650. I actually liked it quite a bit, but could be very frustrating. Mm. Boom! Go pinball. That's what the pinballs do. 20,750. Phew, just about all I could muster. Finally figured out a technique at 16K. I was inspired to try again later. Shoot them right in face. Yeah, that's our mantra. Mark Bell, 21,450. I do not like this game at all. Controls are stiff and frustrating, and the levels just go on for way too long. I think that, yes. He is Jimmy, 21,600. Need patience, and even then, it feels a bit unfair. Got easier when I worked out about the dropkick. Yep. Uh, Flinster, 22,350. Getting some reasonable scores now. Sadly, just run out of time on this one. Really want to like this game, but the niggles, the niggles. If they could do a remake, it would be amazing. Maybe on uh, Taito F3 hardware or something. He's got a good point there. They did. Mick Orwell, 23,000. I want to like the game, but it's hard work. Me, 23,500. I beat you. Ha ha. <laughs> your face. Ha ha. Neil, 20 to 5, 25, 250. That's it for now. Must wrap presents. This is Christmas time, isn't it? Must in a bid just to try and rile Tronads. I thought I would try and beat him, but not quite get in there. Ian Cullen, 27,500. Love this. Everyone who hates it is wrong. Discover you can jump on the bad guys' heads to kill them. Ooh. Brian Haribo, 28,600. Can't tell who's, uh, can tell whose pick this was. It's hard going. On the fence with this one. The bad guys' defo resort to cheating from level three onwards. Mm, they're swines. I, I never even did level two, I didn't. Mr. Tronad's 32,000. I managed a quick, well, not quick, a slow and boring 32,000 before I headed to Florida for Christmas. Nick 73 32,500 just learn the descending drop kick for all those little rotters that wait for you coming down in the lift now I could do a lot better with some practice great old school game he says Steve Monkey Chunk 33,150 strongly recommend listening to the best of Bond soundtrack while playing that might enhance it for you Sean Mm, it does need a bit of enhancing <laughs> Chris, Moon Crest the Bootleg, 35,350. It's a bit too repetitive, he says. Yeah. Sal Buglerisi, 38,250. Sal, like this. I find this game annoying as heck, but for some reason I keep coming back for more. Not sure if it deserves a place on my favourites list. He's really on the fence there. Mm. Mike Burke, 39,200. Got my highest ever score on Elevator Action. Sol. 40,200 and well there. For a spy, his car is a bit cack, isn't it? There's not even any buttons in that lift. Powered by Boxing Day cheese and wine, I break the 40,000 mark. I'm digging it. The pace is somewhat calming. He seems a bit of a rubbish spy, though. Less Harry Lime, more chocolate lime. <laughs> in third place, third place, Charlie wow. Farr, 41,500. This game has its ups and downs. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I like how it recreates the actual frustrating of, of just missing a lift. <laughs> no fun was had, he's put. Uh, Tagster's done well. It didn't do well. 45,050. <laughs> Starting to like this much more, although the level ramps up the difficulty too much. 
Mm. And with a runaway winner. What a great score. Yeah. Ben, ben Granville. Granville. Yeah. 60,500, my best hotel for spies score for today. Is Ben a new listener stroke uh, player? I think he is, yes. Well, well done, done ben. ben. That's your first one, brilliant. Hopefully, he's a bit of a contender for our Charlie Farr. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. So, nice one. Thank you for all those scores, people. Uh, our summary is, um, an improvement, I reckon, faster gameplay. Hmm? 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 Faster gameplay? Hmm? Yeah. Oh, yeah, much faster. Different baddies with different speeds, abilities, and scoring, maybe. Because they're all the same, the baddies. They're all clones of each other. Different baddies, different game, maybe? Well, no, it's a good game. <laughs> Just, yeah, got a few little problems. Uh, different weapons, maybe, for you. Uh, different mm. coloured buildings, even. And do you know yeah. what? All four of those things I just said are all sorted out in Elevator Action Returns. So maybe yeah. they, they went into the future, listened to this podcast went back and redid the game. I don't think that's great. I think it's all right. It's better than this. But what yes. I put, in summary, slow and clunky, poor controls, yeah. infuriating yeah. deaths on the list, lists, lifts, infuriating deaths on the lifts, waiting ages for the lifts does not make a fun game. Yeah. Levels are far too long. We'll not be playing again. Elevator action returns is slightly better. But yes. this this game came in joint 57th in our top 50 arcade game survey, so just outside the top 50. So a lot of people do like it, but it's not for me, I'm afraid. Do you know another thing? You cannot duck in the damn elevator. When you're in the elevator and you press down, mm. it doesn't go down. The elevator will move up and down if, you can, if you've got space to move it. But you can, mm. you can jump in the elevator, but you can't duck. So if someone shoots at you at head height in the elevator, you're toast. Mm-hmm. Do you know what else would have been good on this? And it would nick it from an older game. If you had a button on the elevator or near the elevator, so if the elevator wasn't on your level and you could press the button, like in Super Glob, remember the game Super right. Glob? You could yeah. actually call the lift and it would come down to your level. That'd be better. It'd get the pace of the game going, I reckon. Mm, yeah. So that would have been better. There's lots of problems with this game. It is too ponderous and slow. And the level, I think if a level was 15 levels and a bit faster, I think it'd be better. Yeah, 15 all those floors. Things. Yeah. yeah, 15 floors, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just too tedious, isn't it? it takes too, but it's one of those games where you can play, you don't have to be on edge playing. It's not a quick game. It's quite slow and monotonous, maybe, even. But yeah, it's, it has got its problems, I think. Yeah, not for me, this one. It's, so not, let's... it's not a terrible, terrible game, but it's not a good game, really, in my opinion. <laughs> Let's move on to... Uh, actually, wasn't there a gun game sequel to Elevator Action? Like a light gun game? I've never seen it, no. I think there was. Okay. Yeah. Well, like a, a, a modern type of shooter, mid-2000s kind of thing? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Shall, shall I Google it now? Hang on, kids. Go on, Googles. Got it, yeah, 2009. Elevator Action Death Parade. It's not a parade I want to be in, thanks. Too much death. Too much death going on. Let's do the next game. Come on. This is Feature Game Review 2. Exit X's or Exit This game was released in North America as Savage Bees by Memetron. 
I'm covered in bees. It's Capcom 1985. This is scrolling vertical shmup running on Capcom Z80 hardware. Same hardware as other Golden Age Capcom games such as 1942, Volgus, Pirate Ship Hijimaru. Uh, the legend Capcom demigod Yoshiki Okamoto designed this game. I'd have put in here. Where did you discover that? I, I couldn't find it. And then I found it and you found it. Yep. That he, he was responsible. I think he was producer or something on this game. Mm-hmm. You found it on IMDb. I found it on, on Boring Old Wiki. But yeah, it's such a good game designer. Tell the listeners what else this guy did, Sean. Just in case they forgot their godlike game designers. Just He's my favourite. Yeah, my favourite developer. He did Time Pilot, Gyrus, 1942, Sun Sun, Gunsmoke, Sidearms, lots of others. And he was really deep into the development of Street Fighter 2 as well, the original Street, Street Fighter 2. And he's done loads of other stuff since. He's done lots of other Street Fighters in a, what, what do they call it, executive producer kind of Yeah, he was obviously role. so good, they, they bumped him up the... Uh... The management mm. system, he's top top notch guy now. But yeah, yeah, some really, really good games he designed. Now this shooter uses an eight-way stick uh, and two buttons, one for firing and one as a weird enemy bullet suppressor. It's the best way I can describe it. When yeah. you press the second button, all enemy bullets disappear on the screen. But the enemies stay where they are, so it's not quite a smart bomb. More sort of a half a smart bomb. Yeah, very weird. Hmm. I got Googles to roughly, and I mean roughly, translate this Japanese flyer. And it seems like some sort of biological experiment went wrong. And huge biomech bees are now attacking a planet 6,000 light years away from Earth. Oh. Who cares? It's yonks away, isn't it? It depends how fast they fly. You know the two, You know the bus, the 262? It does not go yeah. there. So I don't care. What did you do? I, I ate all your bees. If, if though... They, the bees flew at 6,000 light years an hour. They'd yeah. be here in an hour. Oh, yeah. That's quite a while, isn't it? Mm, better worry. <laughs> it's not going to stop me going down the old Kent Road, is it? Don't care. No. Uh, I suppose we better save the day in our shooty spaceship, haven't we? Chow, chow, chow. Pew. So, it's a nice to goodness space type vertical scrolling shooter. Think more like a follow up to Volgus rather than 1942, but similar mm. to both games. You can play two players together, which is a first on a vertical shooter. It's got to be, isn't it? I think it may be. I think it's very close, yeah. Mm. Very unusual. Uh, one player is Colonel and the other is Sergeant. One silver and the other is gold in colour. It'd be nice to... It'd be nice to... Ah, gold! Always Always the power in my soul thing. You've got the fire to burn. You're indestructible. Sorry, Vic. And shooting bees in face. Shooting the bees. In face. (laughs) Uh, It'd be nice to play with someone actually on this game. It'd be quite a good little two-player, I think. We'd make the game a lot easier. Could be, yeah. But it gets harder. Yeah, I bet. You battle against pretty slow only for a while, though. Moving insects and some large insects require more hits to kill off. The large insects move in a strict pattern and turn different colours after being hit so many times. They eventually die off, but be careful of them dive-bombing you in the last throes of their death. Mm. As you progress through the levels, you get to a high point level, where a load of skullingtons appear in the area, and you get 500 points for nearly everything you hit. The background goes black and nothing fires at you, rather like the 1942 point-up level. The skulls need quite a few hits to kill off five for each skull, and there's loads of them. Oh, yeah. If you grab a standard POW icon, 
every enemy on the screen turns into a fruit. A fruit, sir. Yes. Collect a fruit for bonus points. Fruit? Hmm. Sometimes enemies turn into fruit after being shot to death. The screen flashes back to the normal backgrounds when the high point area is about to end. You will be attacked by bees, slow-moving stripy things that come from the top and the sides, easy to kill with when they fire two bullets at slight angles to you. When they fire, they fire two bullets at you. Mm. Red beetles will fly towards you at speed and slowly turn around and fly at you again. They do not fire at you. They fly at you. So let them fly by and shoot them in the face. Flies come in swarms, rather like some of the formations on Star Force, usually before the end-level boss. Some of the formation will fire at you. If you get the whole squad, you get a small bonus, 1,000 points, I think. Yeah. Dragonflies, sneaky gets. They come into the screen from behind you and try to lock on and then rush at you. They'll spin around and try and do it again. Don't usually fire, just let them smash you right up. But if they do fire, they let off three bullets at a time. And the stingrays come in squads of eight at a time. They try and collide with you, usually in a boss battle. The large insects is heralded by an audible alarm. They fly from side to side in an arc, letting off bombs towards you as they do so. They move slowly down and eventually out the bottom of the screen if you ignore them. Take about 10 hits to remove. When you do, you get 3,000 points for dispatching them. Halfway through the levels, you'll be attacked by some things called Desura. They fade into the screen in a set formation and just shoot at you. If you don't get them quickly enough, they fade out and then back in again. Three sets come at a time. Yeah, these can appear very close to you or actually underneath you on later levels or Ooh. even sometimes on early levels, making it almost impossible to clear them because you can't go underneath and shoot up and get them. Yeah. So you have to dodge around near the top of the screen for a while. Oh, I didn't get that far to realise they did that to you. The Yashishi, if I can, is that it? Yashishi or Yashiki? I think it's Yashichi. So it? Yashichi, of course, <laughs> is a little symbol. Of course, appears in this game usually during or before a boss fight. This is a symbol a lot of early Capcom games. It looks like a little sort of propeller, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like a 19... shield or kind of a star or yeah. Yeah, look, it's on 1942, definitely. Loads of um, Capcom games. Oh, yeah. They come in waves, these things. They stall and they fly right at you. The closer they are to, to you, the slower they move. If they are further away, they shoot at you at quite a pace. Shoot them right in their whirly faces. Hmm. They are, of course, ground targets and ground shooty things lobbing bullets at you. Just shoot them like anything else. You haven't got to bomb them, just shoot them. The bosses. These are flying geometric shapes with firing skulls, cannons and radars on them. All the skulls and guns need to be destroyed to kill off the boss. You don't have to destroy the radars. But if you miss a radar and get everything else, the boss can get away from you and you'll miss the bonus. Ensure you shoot every last Mother Hubbard in the room. (laughs) These are lazy graphics in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But then again, so are the end-of-level bosses in Star Force. They're just a square, basically, aren't they? It's basically a square, a cross shape, a triangle, I don't know. Rubbish, really. (laughs) We talked about getting the very simple yellow power-ups, POWs, which turn enemies into delicious fruit. There are various other POWs, too. Yellow POWs in a red circle double your wave beam gun. Not any more powerful, though, but it has a better range. I think it might be slightly more powerful because I think the skulls take four hits to kill. I thought it was a bit better as well. 
instead of five is a bit crap though for a power up it's very very slight power yeah, very up. poor the white pow in a red circle is a triple beam thingy same as the first power up just three beams rather than two yeah it's not it's not a good enough power up capcom we need better power ups i think that's probably one line of code different to make that happen yeah but just a different graphic the white pow in a green and red circle is a triple beam long range shot the most powerful weapon in the game getting this pow instantly turns you into the top gun don't need to get this, the other ones before it, just get this one. Yeah, this power-up comes far too late in the proceedings, I think, and many players will never even see it. I, like level I did not. I think it's like level six when you get to it. Oh, wow. Something like that. Mm. And there also is a backwards POW, or a WOP, W-O-P. It downgrades you back to the original pea shooter, but you get 10,000 points as a bonus for this. For such bravery, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, a flashing yellow star is more ammo for your kind of smart bomb thingy. These only appear every 50,000 points until 250,000, then every 250,000, so they're not often. They're also worth 5,000 points. The other bonus to look out for in this, in, is, in this game is a massive strawberry, which appears when you hit a, a fruit POW, one of the first people, when there's a large insect on the screen. They turn into a massive fruit, and you get 10,000 points for it. Mm, I think there's other massive fruit, you know, I'm not sure. Not seen in myself. Uh, the Cow from 1942. I think it's also on Gunsmoke, the Cow, the Capcom Cow. Mm-hmm. It appears at the end of levels of stage 5 and 14 and worth a whopping 50,000 points. Did you see the Cow? Uh, no, I, I might have done. But, if, but is there a Cow in 1942? Yeah. The 1942 Cow only exists in Victor's mind. Is there? I haven't you seen have it. You have obviously got cow disremembrance disease. Where is it then? In the sky. Yes, a mythical wartime flying cow. <laughs> Duh, cannot... where else would a cow be, you fool? I cannot remember a cow in 1942. Oh, maybe I've got cow disremembrance. I thought there was. There's definitely one in Gunsmoke. I've seen it. He's right on Gunsmoke. The cow is called Gerald. Yeah, I don't... But it's like the Shishiki. I think it's in different Capcom games. Mm. I'm sure there was one in 1942. We'll have to get back on that one. Yeah, I've never... Well, I've played it that much. I would have remembered a cow. If you, if, if there is, will you weep live on air? Yeah, I'll do some weeping, yeah. The game has 16 levels and cycles round after this. Um, if you manage to get to 10 million points <laughs> before the game ends, you have won. <laughs> yeah, right. Sometimes you have to knock out two bosses at the end of a level. On level 16, you have to kill nine bosses, Sean. Count them. Then, then the main bad guy, Exit Exes. That is some tough going. You have to basically kill ten bosses, one after the other, to do the game. That's Don't like it. I've I've got some things to say about this game. Oh, go on then. Go on. I've got minus points, minus points and plus points, minus points. Short-ish range bullets. One of my bugbears in games. Why short range bullets? They don't reach the top of the baddies. They that don't is reach a the real stick up your behind, isn't it, that one? I don't like it. Yeah, why Capcom? Why? Power why? Ups. 
<laughs> power-ups are hardly worth getting as they offer very little upgrade until later on in the game hardly any variation in the uninspired graphics throughout the whole game there are no more graphics i've had a look at you can have a look at the graphics files in mame can't you yeah there are there are no more than just them honeycomb bases that is it oh that really is all the graphic yeah maybe it's because of the hardware they couldn't put yeah but 1942 is similar hardware and that's loads of different baddies doesn't it yeah, loads of different graphics, and hmm. like, Volgus had like five or six different backdrops. Yeah. Anyway, this has a touch of the Terra Cresters, this game, what I call the Terra Cresters, meaning right. slower verti- vertical movement of the craft compared to horizontal movement. Yeah. You can move left and right quick, but yeah. up and down a bit, a bit slower. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Why would they do that? Yeah, smart bombs do not replenish after dying, and I don't like the half-smart bomb idea either, really. It does get you out of some sticky situations sometimes, if you remember it's there. But it's sort of like, it's sort of like the roll in 1942. If a ton of bullets are coming at you, the only way out of that is to do a roll. So this Mm. is similar. But you get your rolls back after you die. Yeah, cheese and onion rolls, yeah. You don't on this one. And you Bacon have to shoot roll. the larger enemies a stupid amount of times before they die, even with auto-fire enabled. <gasps> sorry, sorry, troll nest. <gasps> I, I tried it. It's hard to get them all, even with auto-fire. You end up skirting around the top of the screen, just dodging the bullets until they've passed, passed you by. Yeah, it's quite tough, isn't it? Plus points. This is the plus points. It's a vertical shooter. That's Yay. always a good thing in my book. And you can see which way the enemies are facing and so which way they're going to fire or charge at you, which is very cool. Yeah. And a nice but repetitive tune. Some people say it drives them mad. I quite like it. Yeah, it's quite soothing, isn't it? Yeah, nice Sun Sun style graphics and font used in places. Hit point area is a novel idea in a shoot 'em up. Again, reminiscent of Sun Sun. Must be one. Oh, we've said this. Must be one of the first shmups with simultaneous two players. Surely, must I be. reckon. Yeah, I didn't even notice two player until I started uh, delving into it. Mm. So overall, I've put it's like Capcom were trying to make their own version of Star Force. It just doesn't quite match up to it, though. One of the weaker of Capcom's early shooter maps, but perfectly playable, enjoyable nonetheless. Early Capcom is still my favourite Capcom. Me too. Mm. And and if you like this, I've put also play Volgus and Star Force. Yeah, obviously, obviously, mm-hmm. we both played them before on the podcast. Very similar games. That's why why I choose. I chose Exit Exodus because I played this years ago and I thought it was quite a similar game to Volvus, but it's not quite as good, is it? No, it's it's perfectly playable. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's the weaker of the three, I reckon. I'd say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the game is quite good, but it, it suffers exactly. There is a, even, you know, there's a pod... There is a Pie Factory podcast-style theme to both of these games. They're both ploddingly slow. <laughs> when I was playing Exodexis, I didn't play that much of it because I got a little bit bored of it because it, it takes you quite a long time to get a score. Mm. And when you do die and finish your game, you've got to go all through that again. And it's minutes and minutes and minutes worth to get back where you were. Same with yeah. elevator action. You know, you sort of you get into the bottom of the thing and a guy shoots you, oh, for God's sake, I'll get all that again. Oh, God, it just it doesn't really inspire you to play again and again. It's not It's not got much... Uh, it's not very much in it to bring you back to the game again, has it? No. It doesn't make you want to play it again and again to get a score. Whereas a lot of games, you 
you do get into it and you want to play it and it's addictive and you want to get another game and get a better score. This one you think, oh, I'll just switch it off, play something else. You know, it's too slow. I play a quicker game or whatever. Yeah, there's no more. Yeah, there's no more graphics to see. Really, you've no. seen it all in in the first two minutes. I, I sometimes do like a slower pace of game though, because it's not so mm. Because I didn't really like Outzone, Outzone, because I thought Outzone was very very fast paced, too fast for me, too difficult. But these ones are sort of slower, a bit more plodding. You can sort of take your time a little bit, but the balance isn't quite struck there properly. I don't think. Mm. Yes. Right, playing these two games have made me decide something. Then I've put yeah. Then I've put Vic acts extremely interested and urges me to discuss. Let's, I let, def- let's do that, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, come on, tell us, tell us, tell us. Go. On. I deflect for a bit and then let rip with my new decision. Vic is very impressed. Go on. What? Oh, yeah. So when I said earlier, play smarter. Yes. Right? What I'm going to do oh, cool this, Go on. this this year, kids, mm-hmm. is if I don't like a game, some of them like Elevator Action I really don't like, so I'm not going to play them. But others where I'm on the fence with, mm-hmm. I've carried on playing them just for a score. This year, if I don't like a game, I'm not going to play it. I'm going to put a score in and just leave it and then go back to playing what I'm really into at the minute, which is like Moon Patrol and stuff like that. So basically, you're going to fold your arms, stamp your foot and go, no! Yeah, kind of. Rather like what I do. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just not going to waste my time on a game I don't enjoy. Because I do sometimes play games over and over just to get that score. But I'm not going to now. I'm I'm only going to play them if I really like them. And then if I really like them, I'm going to go 100% on it. Basically, you'll do exactly what I do. If I really don't mm. like a game, I end up playing a game we've played before or one I know I like. <laughs> so I go yeah. on the machine I want to play. I'll have a go of it and go, oh, it's a flipping game. And the one next to it, which has probably got Scramble in or yeah. R-Type or whatever, or you know, I'll play that next to it and I'll just leave it off. So yeah, I try to do that a bit. I, I get to a point where I think I don't care if I lose to Sean on this game. Because mm. basically, you're better at a lot of games than I am anyway. But sometimes I just, I really want to, you know, we're, we're close. I think, oh, I can just beat him. I can, or I can just beat Tagster. Or I can just beat so and so. And I'll try, try and do it. But like the first game I had on Exodexis for this challenge, I got my score, which is on here, which is my, my set score. The first one. I couldn't get anywhere near it on any other machine. So I had this on my 29 inch screen, uh, Naomi which is a vertical screen on a horizontal screen. So you've got basically a 19-inch screen. And I yeah. played it, got my score, told you about it, and you went, oh, cripes, yeah, that's a good score for starting off. And obviously you've beaten that. But then I had my Pi main, and I was trying that out on another machine, on a 19-inch vertical mas- machine, and it plays really nicely on there. And I played loads of games on it. I couldn't get anywhere near. I was like, hold on a minute, have I got the settings wrong here? I thought I'd, I'd had it on an easy setting on the Naomi, but it wasn't. Yeah. It's the medium setting as normal. I just did really well on the first go and then couldn't get anywhere near it after that, which is really bizarre. And because yeah, it takes it so long to play it, times. I just didn't want to keep playing it and get bored of it. I thought, I'll leave it. I'll just have a casual game now and again. Couldn't get anywhere near it. So, yeah, it's sort of, uh, I know what you mean by if you really dislike a game, don't play it. Go and do something fun instead, you know. Yeah. Yeah, life's too short to play crap games. Absolutely. Mm. So... The scores for this game, the world record, the world record holder of this game, I couldn't find anything on Twin Galaxies. It went a bit weird on me, 
But I found in other places the main high score is 811,000. And one of our players hmm, has <laughs> surpassed that. So basically, one of our players is the unofficial world record holder. Another notch for his bedpost, don't you say? Yeah, yes. So let's do some scores from the very bottom, and it's not quite me. Uh, Damien IW, 37,900. Handheld really isn't the best way to play any vertical shmup. Missing a joystick and decent buttons. He must be playing on a, a is it a JXD? One of those little sort of gaming tablets? So. Yeah. Thanks for playing anyway, though. Mark Clayton, 39,800. I have no bunghole. That's his Twitter. <laughs> Good name, whoever that is. 48,800. And sorry about you not having a bunghole. Could be cause a problem, that, couldn't yeah. it? Yeah. He is Jimmy, 58, no, 55,800. Hurrah, I've beaten Charlie Farr. Oh, no, wait a minute. He has an extra digit at the end of his score. I think <laughs> you'll find he's got about an extra three on the end of his score. Yes. Uh, Tin, brother of bronze, second cousin to lithium. <laughs> 66,400. This is going to be my lot. I persisted until I got past the, diff- the default high score. Such a poor effort. What a shame. Lazy, lazy Capcom. <laughs> Oh, stick with that. Connor Malloy, 68,200. Okay, enough is enough. 68,2 and not getting any better. Enough, Zed, enough. Uh, mm. Sal Buglirissi, 73,700. I really like this game, but I really suck at it. Oh, Chris, CMP, 74,300. Had to go on X-Dexes for 10 pence. Score, it's like if you changed the planes in 1942 to insects, removed the fun and playability, and worked out how to make it even worse music. <laughs> So Chris really enjoyed it. He liked it. Stacy King, 75,700. Fair play to those who've managed to get such high scores. This game is tough, and the vertical ship movement is weird as it fights against the scrolling. Yep, yep, good point. Mm. Michael Liss, 80,200. My first terrible 10p score submission of the year. At least I've got the music ringing in my head forevermore. (laughs) Neil, 20 to 5. A low one for Neil. 83,700. Just f- not fun for me. Sorry, guys. Token effort to say I tried. Boom, go pinball. He's blowing up pinballs again. 89,900. Boom! Swiss Tony. 90,700. This game never gets any better. Hate the kamikaze aliens. Ooh. That's their job. Mark, happy dude. 95,900. Get well soon, Mark. I know he's ill at the moment. Yeah. Been under the weather recently, so no real time or energy to get into this one. It all seems a little slow to play, except for the speed. You have to press the damn fire button. Not a bad game, though. Mark, get your hand off that joystick, put them buttons away, and go and get yourself well, son. Mm. Leave it. Chris Mooncrest to bootleg. 103,900. First in the 100K club. First proper go. It gets quite hectic, but may need to switch to something bigger from the laptop screen. Mm. What's he playing on a flipping laptop for? Put it in a cab, you fool. Carl Parry, 104,300, getting a score on the doors, he said. Uh, Nick, 73, 125,800. First goes tonight, and first impressions are question marks. Not a bad game, but bombs do nout with so many baddies on screen, it's crazy. They take multiple hits to kill. Instant improvement with one hit kills. Yeah, it would. A lot mm. easier. Mr. Flinster, 146-200, fire button knackered for the evening. We'll need to rebuild control panel in the morning. <laughs> Definitely a, a candidate for arcade hand, this game, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Tronad's 171,200, my one and only submission for this game. I hate it. Oh. Ooh. 
Paul McCaskey, 184-500, desperately needs an auto-fire and the music is mind-numbing. I think I need to speak to Claims Direct as I am now suffering from extreme arcade hand. Oh, yeah, get one in. Uh, Vincent Marmite, who is me, 195,000. I think I got 195-300. Something like that. Yep, yeah. first go, that was it. Lovely. Mr. Tagster, 195-800. Much better and starting to like this one now. Capcom's answer to Xevious. Sort of. Mm. Uh, Brian Haribo, he's done well. 204,000 dead. Another one that I would never have played, but sort of quite liking it now. Shooting stuff that turns into bananas and green fruity things. What's not to like? Mr. Tactical Genius, 213-500. It's okay, pretty good in fact, but would benefit from auto-fire and better power-ups. I agree. Yep. Steve Tyke, this is better, Steve. 202... Can't do numbers anymore. Sean, I've forgotten numbers. (laughs) 227,100. Exit X's. Of course I've never heard of it. Wish I'd never heard of Kangaroo or Elevator Action either. Decent little shooter to start the year. Mm. Yeah. Matthew Bridge... 229,600. Takes a while for the eyes to adjust to this one. Bloody difficult. Massive kudos to you guys who've got ridiculous scores. Yeah, we're getting on to the ridiculous scores now, aren't we? Nick Silver Smurfer, 277,800. Good to be back with you guys. Let's hope I can make the full 10p calendar this year. Had to turn the sound off this one. I was going insane. <laughs> Mark Bell, 308,100. First time I played it, seems like a cool shooter. Music does get annoying after a time. Ian Cullen, 336,700. Frantic stuff. Mm. Sol, I don't like it when the bees come out of your come at your ass. The music <laughs> makes me want to scratch out my ex- exes. Then I found my calm centre, aligned my chakra, and went to a shmup zen place. Mm. Nice one. Uh, who's this one? Shane Hollister. Yes. <laughs> 627,700. You did well there, son. Massive scores. Yeah. What level do you get to? Six, I think. Six or seven. Wow. I I, I didn't play it a lot, actually. I, I, I kept improving, but you can only have two games and your hand's knackered. Yeah, so you've really got to bash the buttons forever, haven't you? There's one part where you get like a set of rotating skulls. Yeah. And so you, you hammer in the fire button to get all the skulls. That's and level I clear, two, I've been there. I can clear the first set of skulls, can clear the second set, and then... I just got no more firepower to do it. <laughs> I can clear, about, I can clear about half the third set, and then I just dodge around the top of the screen. What they really gone. need for that, and we talked about it, is is an auto fire power up similar mm. to Star Force. You know, you get the jaunty music in Star Force. They really need that in this game. It really or improves just, your game, yeah. or less hits to kill things yeah it's a bit mad and they've just dialed it up too difficult i wonder if there's any earlier rom versions or whatever that make it a little bit easier did you try playing it on easy level or is there not an easy level for it because we were on medium weren't we i, I didn't know let's try, try that mm. so top of the not top of the lot with a another notch in his bedpost for world records charlie far one point three one eight nine million points <laughs> he doubled your score Sean uh, some great non-elevator action related fun I'm quite enjoying it it's like track and field had babies with Volkus <laughs> perfect perfect description so me, he didn't even complete it though I think he got to no. like level 9 or something 
he beat the first the first x to x's bad guy boss that big sort of cross effect thing yeah that comes at level eight oh and okay he beat, he beat that and he thought he'd done it but there is actually 16 levels in it it comes again at level 16 yeah and you get the nine bosses from before and then that one that's a massive score though that must be the world record i think because the closest i could find was eight hundred eleven thousand. he's whipped that totally whipped yep. it so if me, Sol, and Ian Cullen team up with our scores, we'll beat Jafar. Easy. Yeah, a, yeah, in your face, Far. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad I played it, but it, it needs a bit of refining, I think, to, to be a classic, that. I wonder if one of our clever coding monkeys, listeners, could, could actually make the firing a little quicker in it, or or make the the baddies less shots to kill. I think mm. that I really think that would improve the game. And you could get a little bit further in the game and see the different kind of Exodex's bosses and the different patterns. That'd be a lot more fun, I think. Mm. It's just yeah. too difficult, isn't it? In, in silly ways, it could be improved. You are looking for things to complain about. And what are these? Wasps. Yes. Mm. Anyway, shall we move on to... Road up. Next show's game. And the next show will be... Postponed a week. Sorry, listeners. I'm going to be in New York. And, and I'm going you... To be at, yeah, I'm going to be at Play Blackpool. So it's going to be three weeks off the next show, isn't it? Yep. But Not two. you, sir, have picked an awesome game which people are going to enjoy playing for three weeks. Yeah. Tell them what it is. We've talked about it a lot already on this show. Yeah. R-Type. We're going to pick R-Type. 1987 IRM. This, on our top 50, this was the most popular shooter if you don't count star wars as being a shooter yeah like a a vertical or horizontal shooter this was the most popular one i think it was about eighth or ninth out of 50 now this game was picked by you i think just as i was converting one of these major title pcbs so it's nothing to do with me i've been playing this game since i converted it to try it out and test it because i will be selling like three of them i'll probably keep one for myself i really like it and I've never really played it much before. I've seen people play it, and I didn't really... You know, it's, a, it's a nice-looking shooter. It's not really for me. I prefer Gradius. But I quite like it. So I think this is going to be a good one for the podcast. Mm. And I know loads of people who like it and who are really good at it as well. So we'll get yeah, some good scores in, I think. slaughtered on the scores, yeah. That doesn't so matter. We're going to enjoy it, I think. Yeah, so you want to pick... Uh, the ROM is just R-Type. Yeah. Unless you like Retro Rich. He's got his own cab. Ooh. He's, he's a world record holder, isn't he? So oh, nice. If he, puts, if he puts a score in on this, we're at it. Three lives, uh, I think these are standard settings, and extra lives at 100, 200, 350, 500, 700,000. We'll put these on the website. Yep. Difficulty normal. Please submit your scores on Twitter with hashtag 10p score so I see it, or on Facebook as a comment on our podcast post and pictures, please. And I will be playing it on converted hardware. Nice. In my pony. Whack it in the back of a pony. So the deadline for score submissions, you've got three weeks because I'll be at Blackpool and you'll be in America. Mm-hmm. 18th Feb. Yep. Say 5pm on the Sunday, 18th February. Yep. yep. Nice one. Okay. So uh, that's about it for our return to podcasting and hopefully another year of it. Uh, thanks, as always, to Vincent Marmite and Shane Hollister for research and production. <laughs> they did very well. They did very well. Didn't they do well? 
Yes. And yes, yes. So I will hopefully see some of you at Play Blackpool. All posh biscuits and IPA are gratefully accepted. And posh biscuits and Diet Coke are also accepted for me, who will be absent. I'll be in New York when you're there. So I hope you have a good time. Yeah, you too. Hopefully, I'll get to one of the arcades in New York. The barcade, perhaps. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, do a little video. I will. Thanks for listening, and see you in three weeks' time. Cheers. Thanks, kids. See you. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 